This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. You're listening to the West Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWH employee. This episode is a Christmas special and to celebrate that, I have a chat with a season ticket holder that had a very special visit recently and I give X a pretty random, pointless West Ham related quiz. Speaking of X, he gives us the latest before we end the show in questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. Christmas is around the corner. Are you excited? Um, reasonably. I mean, I'm, I'm off to <laughs> Austria and Slovakia and tomorrow. So that's Slovakia as well. Yeah, apparently, a bit of trivia for you, Dave. Um, apparently, Vienna and Bratislava, which is the capital of Slovakia, and Vienna is obviously the capital of Austria, are two of the closest capital cities in the world um so you can get an hours train drive and you can go between the two so wow. I, didn't, I didn't realize this until i was doing my usual um recce of what we're going to do when we get <laughs> out there and uh, so obviously city tour bus has already been ticked off but uh, so to get a train to the between the two um enables me to tick off two countries i've never been to and um, they're both meant to be very nice at christmas so um yeah exciting times so we're going to be going to those and obviously our birthdays christmas eve so whilst christmas day is around the corner it seems like there's quite a few things to do beforehand um christmas day is always exciting for being a dad i think if i wasn't a dad i wouldn't be too bothered about it but uh, mm. being a being a dad does make it more of an extra edge so yeah i'd say reasonably excited on the scale of one to ten i'll say seven <laughs> yeah i mean to be fair um i think from memory you've always been a little bit kind of not overly fussed about Christmas but yeah. you're quite right since kids have come along it changes things a little bit mm-hmm. 
I'm an absolute sucker for Christmas. Absolute sucker. I absolutely love it. Fairy Light Dave is in full effect because obviously, you know, it's Christmas and Christmas yeah. won't be Christmas without Fairy Light. So Fairy Light Dave is absolutely at the forefront. Um, it's such a crap boxer's name, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I, 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 I'm telling you, it sounds like the world's worst football league. Yeah, it does. Fucking hell. Oh, that. There's fucking Fairy Light Dave over there. Yeah. Don't make eye contact for fuck's sake. So powering Johnny Flip Flopping, I mean. <laughs> Johnny Flip Flop, fucking hell! Um, but uh, mate, honestly, I absolutely love Christmas. I will say one thing though: it's bloody cold, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And to be fair though, that's what Christmas should be. And it's actually a little bit of a shame that whilst I'm glad the ice and like borderline snow has gone for him. Um, now I woke up this morning it's all gone it would have been nice on Christmas day if there was a white coating yeah. over things but uh, I want to get to Austria first so let me get there let me get home and then Christmas Eve then it can come yeah I'll tell you what mate it's so cold right I um, I took dogs for a walk the other morning and Louis had a shit and it was so cold I bent down with the um, with the little bag to pick the shit up and the heat from the shit was lovely so I, I literally held my hand. It was not like a mini heater. I literally <laughs> held my hand over this shit for about well, a good solid two to three minutes, I'd say. Oh, it was lovely, mate. Well, Christmas is a very special time. And thanks to West Ham, it's been a very special start to Christmas for one family. Earlier on, I spoke to Sanjay Patel about a recent visit his kids Aisha and Devon had from three current players. Sanj, it's great to speak to you, mate. And in the spirit of Christmas, I wanted you to come on the show and share your recent experience with the listeners because you received some early presents this year, but they wasn't delivered by Santa. They were delivered by Aaron Creswell, Angelo Agbonna and Ben Johnson. Tell us a story, mate. Yeah, that's right. Dave. Um, I uh, just I was uh, working from home uh, last week, or was it the week before even, um, and I uh, received a, a phone call from a um, chap called Lee from the support of services at the club. Um, and he and he said um, the, um, that uh, my two, well, my daughter had uh, been uh, uh, selected as a candidate for a secret Santa visit from some West Ham players, and would she be interested? Of course, I'm not <laughs> going to say no to that. But I had to uh, sort of uh, t- tell them. Uh, by the way, I've got a second kid. He's going to be gutted if uh, if he he misses out on on this opportunity. So, is there any way you could involve him? And uh, yeah, fortunately, they said no problem at all. Yeah, we'll we'll. Um, We'll get him some uh, a little goodie bag uh, to, as well. So um, uh, we arranged, uh, I think it was last Thursday, for them to come along. Um, and um, but I, that unfortunately got postponed. I think one of the players had a medical issue or something and he had to go and see a doctor or something. So um, uh, it got rearranged uh, for Wednesday, um, just gone. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, we weren't sure how it was all going to pan out, whether they were going to just meet us at the door, just hand some stuff over and, and, and on their way. But fortunately we, um, yeah, we invited them in and yeah, they accepted the invitation and um, uh, yeah, they, they came in. I should really sort of uh, say that, yeah, obviously it's a surprise for the kids. <laughs> we made sure that uh, they were in their West Ham gums. Um, <laughs> yeah. we, made up, we made up some excuse um, uh <laughs> I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, we, we managed to persuade them. They, they didn't sort of suspect anything. Um, they just got back from school, got changed, and then uh, the doorbell rang. Um, I was keeping an eye at the window. Two people carriers uh, just parked up outside our house. It was like the 
the the US president had arrived as a big <laughs> big, uh, big entourage and uh, sort of all piled out of them. Um so the kids opened the door, uh once the doorbell rang and uh yeah, absolutely gobsmacked. Um fortunate enough to catch it on video as well. So uh uh you know, that would be a lasting memory forever really. Yeah, right. That is absolutely superb. So you obviously knew that they were coming. The kids yeah. didn't, which is absolutely no. magical. I see their reaction and it is absolutely beautiful. Did you know which players were coming? Yeah, no, they did say. I think it was Aaron uh, Cresswell who, who had the um, the issue um, last week. Um, uh, and they, they did suggest perhaps, you, you, would you would you want the two players to come instead? And I said, well, I'm happy to, to wait. Because I think, uh, you know, I've seen Aaron Cresswell on social media before and he's... Yeah, he seems like a, a good laugh and uh, quite chatty. So I thought, you know, um, well, three better, three's better than two. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it was definitely um, uh, worth the wait. And what do players like to talk to? You know, really, really nice and friendly. Yeah, they were all lovely. Um, uh, Ben's a local lad, actually. So I'm, I'm in Woodford. I think Ben grew up in Chigwell. Right. So we, we had a bit of a chat about um, uh, where we went to school and um, they asked the kids where they went. And yeah, he was familiar with, with where they went to, so yeah, that was nice. Um, Angelo was a little bit more quiet, a bit shy, but um, you know, he, he wore the Santa hat, so he can't mm. be that shy. But yeah, he, he was. Uh, yeah, we had a few uh, nice words to say to him, uh, and and uh, he replied back yeah, in the same fashion. And Aaron, you know, we we all know what Aaron is like. Um, very chatty, very bubbly. Um, we spoke about the World Cup. Um, yeah, he's been. They've all been following it. Um, just general chit chat, really. Uh, in the end, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's all a bit of a blur, really. Mm, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, like I say, seeing the kids buzzing like they were was was a, a real thing of beauty. But what were they like after the boys had gone? I bet you had a job getting them to sleep that night, didn't you, Sam? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They, they, I think they still <laughs> haven't come down, really. You know, I'm particular. Uh, she's like buzzing. She's been showing all all her friends at school. She's she's uh, allowed to take a phone. In. My son's not so. He's only sort of been able to sort of verbally tell his mates what's what's happened. So you know, perhaps they've not um, sort of fully grasped the, the, the you know the, the gravity of the the, the whole um, uh, thing. But yeah, my daughter's been showing it around to all her friends, and uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, basking in the the sun at the moment. Yeah, so she should be. And what was the reaction to your video on social media? Oh, it's been huge. I've never yeah. had. Uh, I mean, I've only got um, about six hundred followers on uh, Twitter, so yeah, I, I, I post every now and then. I'm a massive uh, social media person, but I put it up on Twitter and, and Facebook, uh, and uh, reaction has been huge. I think the Twitter tells you how many views your video gets, and I think I've got a quarter of a million views uh, <laughs> over the last couple of days, which is you know absolutely phenomenal for me, at least. Anyway, definitely feeling the love. Yeah, and uh, for those that want to follow uh, Sanjay, because I'm sure you'll agree he's a top fella, it's at Sanjay, which is S-A-N-J-A-I underscore Patel. Um, have the kids opened the present yet from the players? Yeah, yeah, so actually opened them there and then. They've got, they each got a little um, goodie bag. Um, they had a shirt in there. Um, uh, well, so just lots of knickknacks from the, from the club shop, key rings Excellent. and um, scarves and Santa hats and that sort of thing. Superb, um, mate. Yeah, they um, they managed to get the shirt signed as well. So yeah, that was a nice memento as well for them. Well, Sanj, it's a lovely story. Thanks for sharing it with us. And we wish you and your family a lovely Christmas, mate. Likewise. Have a great one.
Okay, it's now time for the West Ham Way Pointless Christmas Quiz. And it's pointless because the questions are shit and it's pointless because no points are actually awarded. It's just for fun, but by all means, play along at home. Let's meet our one and only contestant. He's from Essex, he's in his early 40s, he's allergic to cats, and he likes drinking peach snaps. Welcome to the show, XWH employee. <laughs> well, thank you. I'd just like to query one part of your intro there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, may, I may live in in Essex, but I'm originally from London, Nathan Stones. So, 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 so just, just to clarify, I am a. a I love God. the fact that you're comfortable with everything else I said, but <laughs> yeah. well, talking, unfortunately, when it comes to Essex, unfortunately, everything else is true, but but that's the, the one thing that is. I'm an adopted Essex boy rather than my birth. <laughs> right, okay. This quiz is very easy, it's very straightforward. I'm sure Dick. Would agree. Um, to be honest, it's, the, the game's simple for me. Thank you, Julian. Right, okay. Are you ready for round one? <laughs> yeah. You are? Okay. Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't, although a little bit apprehensive because <laughs> you, you've been given free range on this and I have no idea <laughs> what is coming. So uh, with when you're okay. involved in these situations, I think I need to be on the peach snaps <laughs> to get through it. <laughs> <laughs> well, round one is quite simply titled The Greater Number. Okay. Right. And um, very self-explanatory, mate. You won't have any issues with this whatsoever. And because I'm such a good friend to you, this quiz is designed to make you look, or, or should I say, to make you not look stupid. So it's it's not based on knowledge. It's pretty much guesswork. Oh, you need to give it on knowledge, mate. Have you not seen the quiz I did with Ryan Archer the other day? I mean, to, I mean, to be fair, you are incredible at quizzes, so yeah, I, I exactly. value I'll probably, you a little bit. I'll, just, I'll probably make more of a fool out of myself by guessing than actually knowing, but yeah. that's fine. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, let's just start this fucking quiz, shall we? Right, okay, <laughs> yeah. round one, the greater number. Okay, question one. What is the greater number? And by the way, X, if... And I don't know how I'd prove this, but if I can prove that you are Googling any of these bloody questions, you will receive a lifetime ban on quizzes, okay? <laughs> okay. Doesn't sound like much of a deterrent. I was but... going to say, oh shit. <laughs> and obviously, I don't carry much authority in the world of quizzes, but. Um, yeah, how are you going to enforce that, mate? In other words, don't fucking Google any of these, okay? Okay, okay. Okay, round one, the greater number. Question one. And before I start this, X, I just want to say, I do, I do genuinely wish you the very best of luck, okay? I don't know if you're sincere or not, but crack on. <laughs> Question one. What is the greater number? The amount of goals Teddy Sheringham scored during his time at West Ham or the age of Alphonse Areola? Um... I actually can't think how old Ariola is. You what, must be 29? Yeah, 29-30, definitely. Is this league goals or cup goals? Oh, fucking up this quiz already before we even started. <laughs> um, just, I don't know, mate, total goals. Um, that, that, that's what I'm looking at here. Okay. Teddy Shane was there for, what, two seasons, three seasons? Last season, he was a bit part player. Scored a lot of goals in championship for us. I'm going to go that he went, scored about 20 in the championship. Maybe 21, 22, something like that. Early 20s, I'm going to go with. Then he would have got about five, maybe. After that, I remember he scored against Blackburn. 
in the Premier League. I can remember that game. And then he sort of went and got a bit old, as expected. So I'm going to go. I think the obvious answer is showing him, but my gut says it's Ariola. Ariola is older. So I think it's, I think he's 29 or 30, which would be slightly more. So I'm going to go with Ariola being the bigger number. His age being greater. Okay, so your answer, and I'm going to lock it in X, is Ariola. He's older than the amount of goals that Teddy Sheringham scored, yeah. Mate, you're off to a bad start. Oh, really? You're off to a bad start. Ariola is 29, and Teddy Sheringham scored 30 goals for West Ham. Really? Yeah. That's annoying. Yeah, yeah. I'm really sorry about that, mate. I don't feel <laughs> terrible for you. Genuinely, um, psychologically, I don't know what this means for the rest of the quiz. I, I don't no. know. You're, you're well up against it, mate. Now, yeah, it's so important to get off to a good start with these things. But uh, it is. It mate, is. I, I, thought, I, I, thought, I thought I'd been clever there. Can we start again? <laughs> <laughs> I could always edit yeah. this out and then we we'll start yeah. again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But typically, they're bloody close. What? How old was Sherry? How? I mean, what was the difference? Ariola's what? One. But, One. Oh, well, so Sheridan thirty, Ariola twenty nine. Jeez, that's harsh. Right, question two. When's Ariola's birthday? Hopefully his birthday's by the time time this goes out. If his birthday's today, let's have a quick look. Um, His birthday. Oh, two months time. (laughs) Two months time. Right, question two. (laughs) Question two. You'll get this one, X. What is the greater number? The capacity of the London Stadium... Or the amount of followers Tony Cotty has on Twitter. Put that fucking phone down, by the way. <laughs> I have no idea how many followers Tony Cotty has. That's the thing. I obviously know. I obviously know what the um, what the stadium holds. You know, it holds what sixty thousand could go up um, to more if needed. I have no idea. Like, I can't even remember the last time. Well, I've got sixty six thousand here as a capacity. Okay, well there you go. Um, I. I have no idea how many followers Sally Cotty's got. Um, he's been on Twitter about three or four years, has he? No, he's been on Twitter for ages. So that means he's going to be more... I just can't see him having that much. Which is a bit harsh on Tony. It'd be great if he dicks. He could retweet some of his articles he does for us. I'd bring in some pages. As I've asked many a time. Um <laughs> I'm going to go to the stadium. I just don't think, I think older players like don't have as many followers. Like if it was someone like, you know, I don't know, Declan Rice or even someone that doesn't play for us, like Anouta Fitcher, Anton Ferdinand or more recent players, I would say they have more. But someone that's that far away, obviously played for Everton, which might give it a bit of a boost, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the stadium. Not Are you sure? No, I'm just guessing, like you said we would be, but I think the stadium would slightly edge it. You really need this, mate. You need to get this right, because I think if you was to start this quiz by getting two incorrect answers out of two questions, I, I, I honestly, I think you could fall apart. So this is so important. <laughs> You're making this like the World Cup penalty shootout. <laughs> I was thought this was meant to be a bit of Christmas fun. <laughs> um, so am I, I taking the stadium as your final answer? Pricks like you that make me hate Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to the stadium. Yeah, I can't change my mind. I don't have any logic to change it other than I'm making a guess 
So I'm going to go with my gut instinct and it's the stadium has a bigger number. You sound confident, actually. Uh, okay. Well, I just think that I'm in my head, Tony Cotty's got about 45,000 <laughs> followers, something like that. And I'm got more sorry than that. if I, has he? Oh, God, mm. that's not good. Quite a lot more than that, actually. Oh, no, Do you, you want to find out that. exactly how much he has? And then can I change my answer? <laughs> 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 right, I'm locking it in. I'm locking uh, it in. Uh, the okay. London Stadium has 66,000 seats available to sit in. Tony Cotty has 62,500 followers. Good for you. You are correct. You're off the mark. Well done. Well done. Good for you. Right, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Question three. What is the greater number? The age of Hayden Mullins or the amount of years it's been since we won a major trophy? So what, how old Hayden Mullins is now? Obviously, rather than when he played for West Ham. Yeah. Right, well, I can work out how old, how long it is since we won a trophy, because that was the, the year I was born. So 1980 to 20, 22 is 42 years of age. Hayden Mullins joined West Ham in about 2003, did he? Yeah, from Crystal Palace. He was there definitely in the cup final because he missed it because he had a red card against Liverpool with Luis Garcia. Just dropping in a few extra trivia facts for people here. Um, yeah, he would, now. Yeah, then he would have been there about a season or two after, so about 2008. And then he played for Portsmouth, and he played for Portsmouth in a cup final. So he must have been reasonably old when he was at West Ham because he played for Crystal Palace before playing for us. So he must have played a good, I don't know, 100, 200 times for them. So I'm going to go that when he joined us in 2003, he would have been sort of mid-20s maybe. We should now make him. These are going to be bloody close, aren't they? Let's be honest. It's going to be like literally a year, either way, probably again. Uh, prick. <laughs> because he, he's going to be about, he's going to be about early 40s, mid 40s. He's going to be. And, West, and obviously, it's 42 years since he won a trophy, just because obviously at the end of 2022, I'm going to go with Hayden Mullins being slightly older. I think it's close, but I'm going to go because he was played for Palace a lot of times before joining us. He must have been about 23, 24 when he joined us, which would then mean he'd be slightly older by my rough maths, quick maths. Why is it that as you're talking and using a hell of a lot of words here, I cannot help but think you are just buying time to search this on Google. <laughs> How would I be able to... Like, my phone is over there. Do you want me to put the camera on? You can see me. My, fo- my phone is on the end of the table and I've got my laptop. Okay. My, my, my laptop, as you as you know, the touch pad thing on it doesn't work. <laughs> so once we're, in, once we're in the middle of like, doing stuff, I can't actually use it because I have to plug the internet into a you know, boring conversation. But no, I'm not looking at my phone. Okay. Well, I can tell you that you are right in a sense that it's been 42 years since you won the FA Cup. Right. You're also right. Okay. You you, you killed the big reveal there by uh, over-talking me. Um, (laughs) You're also right (laughs) that Hayden Mullins is older at the age of 43. Oh, so there's not a lot in it, but you no. are right. So, mate, you are now on the verge of flying during this Good. week because you have got 
two out of the last two. Two out of three in total. Well done. Congratulations. Hayden Mullins is older than the amount of time Trust it, it. Trophy. Trust it's me, Teddy Sheringham, that screwed me over as well. You've all heard my stories about when I was a young lad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's come, he's come, come back with a vengeance. <laughs> well, I bet you've got a question on Stuart Downing later. Yeah. As well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Right. Okay. Question number four. What is the greater number? <laughs> the amount of League Cup appearances by Frank Lampard Senior. Oh, fucking hell. I have no clue how many that is. Or the amount of League Cup appearances by Phil Parks. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. All I, all I know, the only logic I can go on, see, this is the thing, because this is like, obviously, it feels like it's a trick quiz. The logical answer <laughs> is Frank Lampard, because he played more games than Phil Parks. Because Still played Frank, a lot, though, X. I, I know, but like I, Frank Lampard is our second highest appearance. Hold behind Billy Bonds. So logically, it'd be him. The 1981 Cup final um, was the League Cup final. Oh, from memory, Ray, uh, so Ray Stewart, Frank Lampard was um, definitely, was he actually? Phil, I'm pretty sure Phil Parts of Ray, uh, Frank Lampard played in that. So they would have got far then. I have no idea, but by logic, because, oh, but then I feel like you're tricking me. I feel like this is a trick quiz. Mm. So now I've got the logical answer being Frank Lampard, but it's just a part of me that thinks you've chosen this to trick me. And then it'd be too obvious to be Frank Lampard. That is the dilemma. Yeah. And there's no way I can fucking Google that, even if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, what gonna... way do you go? Yeah. Are you a prick or are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what this comes to. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so tall because literally I think the answer is Frank Lampard, but it's part of me, like, on my ear, so it's Dave. Dave's written the question. That's too obvious. <laughs> um, oh, they would have had more replays, I think, earlier on. Oh, fuck it. The obvious answer is Frank Lampard, so I'm going to go Frank Lampard. Oh, are you sure? Yeah, because it makes sense. And if I change to, because I think you're a prick, and then you think <laughs> not, uh, there's not a logical thought process in a quiz. You don't, you don't work out whether the quiz master's a prick or not, and then go for your answer. So, so, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go with what I think is the answer, and that should be Frank Lampard. Okay. Excellent locking it in. You said that Frank Lampard Senior has had more League Cup appearances than Phil Parks, who was also with us a long time, X. Yeah, I know. It's going to be close. I accept that. Um, But yeah, I'm hoping by the nature of the fact he played more games, it makes more sense. Well, I can tell you that Frank Lampard Senior had 54 League Cup appearances. Big Phil Parks had 52. Yes. <laughs> so, you're, so you're not that much of a prick after all. <laughs> I actually feel like I've won on the back yeah, of this exactly, one. Actually, yeah. like I'm not being a prick. But, um, <laughs> yeah, <you have. laughs> Mate, congratulations. You are, you are 
alive and well in this quiz, X. I will say yeah. that you've got three out of three in terms of the last three, but three out of four in total. That's mm. not a bad round, especially no. when you consider the fact that there is literally fuck all to win here and we're not actually awarding points. Yeah, so it doesn't my, actually really matter. But I know how competitive you are. Yes, yeah. exactly. We're playing for pride. Mm. Um, question five, which is also the last question of round one. Like, fuck. <laughs> what is the greater number? The amount of goals collectively scored by Pop Robson, Trevor Brookin, and Martin Peters. Fuck's sake. <laughs> what all, all together in their career. Yeah, if you want to for, um, Sam, for West if you want to well. if you want to Google collectively, yeah. That's what it means. <laughs> I've got no time to do that one. <laughs> I can't remember the plays you said now. Pop Robson, Martin Peters, and who was the other one? Okay, I will repeat the question. Okay, right. What is the greater number? The amount of goals collectively scored, and yes, for West Ham, not across the career. Yeah. The amount of goals collectively scored by Pop Robson, Trevor Brookin, and Martin Peters, or the amount of goals scored by Vic Watson on his own. That's a good question. Um, oh, dearie me. Pop Robson wasn't there very long, even though I think he was the last well, he might have been top scorer in the league before Tony Cotty. I think it was the next time he had as a top goal scorer. So he wasn't there that long. Over two spells, was it, I think. Um, so I'm going to guess he might have scored near 100 goals for us. Trevor Brookin was a midfielder. Obviously, there a long time. A goal-scoring midfielder. So I'm going to average out that he scored about 100 as well. Martin Peters again. Was a goal-scoring midfielder. Was he scored in the World Cup final, uh, but left to join Tottenham reasonably early on. So I'm going to go that he would have got maybe just under 100 goals, which would add up to about 280. And from memory, and this is from memory, Vic Watson's on about 323 or something like that. So I'm going to go that Vic Watson had more. Well, I can tell you that the um, throwaway number that you gave us there uh, in terms of the collection of goals that Pop Robson, Trevor Brookin and Martin Peters scored was less than it actually was. Oh. You quoted in the region of 280-odd. It was more than that that they scored. Pop Robson scored 104 for West Ham. Trevor Brookin scored 102 for West Ham. Martin Peters scored 100. Wow. Totaling 306. Vic okay. Watson scored 326. 20 goals more than yes. all of them. So you have finished on a high, my friend. Congratulations. That's a great, solid start to this quiz. Four out of five. Well done, X. Good for you, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you, Vic Watson, for scoring all those goals. Um, yeah. I know you, I know you can't hear me now, but you know, you, know you are what, a legend. Do you know what, X? How much would Vic Watson be worth in today's market? Oh, unbelievable, mate. And, you know, you talk it's about... It's a fucking machine, wasn't it? Yeah, you talk about, like, Mark Noble being loyal to the club. Um, I am going to have to get my phone two seconds because I need to Google what um, whether he was a one-man club person, which I think he was. Um, hold on. 
Right, I've got it. I think he was at West Ham. I think he might have played for someone else for like a couple of games, but for actual for West Ham, he was there for you'd have to be to score that many goals, wouldn't you? But he was mm. he was there for absolutely ages. Um where is he? Wikipedia. Uh, it's worth knowing because I don't think he gets the press that he should do. Um although EBA played one season for Southampton, but so for West Ham, this is obviously the league, because you said more goals when you read that out. But in the league, he scored four hundred he played four hundred and sixty two games scored 298 goals unreal yeah. wasn't it unbelievable then he played for England he scored yeah. four goals in five games it yeah. just makes you think how good were the other forwards you know yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. he, can't, he can't really do much more <laughs> can he to be fair I don't think they used goalkeepers in those days did they? <laughs> no exactly yeah <laughs> the thing that's so funny he's gone from Wellingborough Town Wellingborough Town to West Ham I've been that good I mean there's not really much build up to being that good is there so no. died, died at a grand old age of 90 in 1988 so oh, that's weird he, he was he died in the same place Girton in Cambridgeshire that he died in so he probably lived in the same village the whole time all of his life it's called 30, wow. 13 hat tricks to West Ham wow yeah, absolutely what? incredible I mean understandably because people couldn't get emotionally attached to him because I never watched him play. And there's no yeah. footage of him, to my knowledge, of him playing. Yeah. But we do not talk about Vic Watson enough. No. Like, he was like a phenomenal, like, well, like mate, literally he, unbelievable. He, he died in 1988. So it's not as if yeah, he so was... Why a, have we not seen him more then? Why, yeah, exactly. why have we not seen interviews with him? I don't no, understand. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, you know, I was alive for seven years. That He was alive. Yeah. Like, I don't recall seeing anything about him, really. So, uh, yeah, I find it so strange that, that we never, ever celebrated the life and achievements of Vic Watson. No, exactly, exactly. I mean, he says no he, one talks about him now. Like no. the, the club never mentioned him. They might have him on the website as the the top goal scorer, but they never talk about him. No, exactly. I mean, it says he's got a plaque honouring him in the hometown of Girton. But I mean, to be fair, that's not much compared to what he's achieved in the game. Yeah, unbelievable. And his goal scoring record's never going to be beaten. No, no. No, especially with our fucking track record of signing strikers. Exactly, unless we manage to get one that plays until he's like 55 or something. But we're never going to, yeah, we're, he's never going to be beaten. So, yeah, it's a shame he doesn't get the, you know, attention. I mean, he must have still have relatives alive. You know, if he died in 1988, oh. you know, he must still have grandkids at least around. For... Well, I know it's unlikely, but if anyone is listening to this and you are related to Vic Watson, do get in touch because we'd yeah. love to have you on the show. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Absolutely. <clears throat> Are you ready for round two? Yeah. Okay. This round, X, is titled The Curious Case of Mike Small's Memory. Oh, come on. <laughs> Mate, I'm still haunted by that. <laughs> Why are you bringing that up at Christmas time? <laughs> Do you know what's so funny? Do you know what's so funny, right? I don't know how many interviews I've ever missed since we've been doing what we've been doing, right? I reckon it's two. at most two. Yeah, I was going to say at most um, two. Well, and how many have we done? Loved. One of them was Mike Smart, the other was Graham um, Filson. Yes, the only two. yes, yes. And I was ill then, as, as yeah. I am now. Um, <coughs> so excuse me. But do you know what makes me laugh? You talk about... <laughs> You talk about how lucky you think I am, the fact that I'm blessed with luck. <laughs> yeah. the, the fact that one of the two I've missed out of the hundreds we've done is with Mike Small, which, to be honest, <laughs> whilst I was doing this, X, I was I was forced to listen to this interview oh, again. God. 
<laughs> so, Mate, it's, I felt so bad for you. Honestly, I felt so... And, and it's so funny that you, you literally do claim that I'm the luckiest man on the earth. <laughs> yeah. And this is the one that I missed. If ever I'm going to miss an interview, it should be the one with Mike Small. And uh-huh. I did... It's, it's mate, so, it's so funny. It's so, so, I laughed so much listening back to it. <laughs> it's impossible, such, mate. Like it's it's unbelievable. Such painful memories. Like you know, I was, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was I was really expecting a great conversation because let's be honest, he scored some important goals for us. Yeah, was, not that you can the, remember any of them. No, no, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He was on the brink of the England team, and like, it was like I was like <laughs> telling him something that he didn't know. Like, I was talking to someone different. Like you know, it's the most bizarre conversation. I've ever God, had. you got the wrong mic smile. I'm yeah, convinced. I don't, I don't think the Mike Small you interview had ever played football, honestly. Hey, there's some there's some bloke laughing at us now for the for hundred quid or whatever it was we slipped <laughs> in to do to do the interview by blagging your B Mike Small. <laughs> Yeah, seeing all his mates down the pub oh, yeah, exactly. a bit Mike Small would play for West Ham <laughs> yeah. um, well I will tell you that there's five questions on Mike oh fuck sorry. and, um, and on the, not on the interview of, on him as a, as a player please no purely on the interview that you've done oh, with him oh for fuck's sake <laughs> now, now listen listen right <laughs> listen I'm not going to tell you um, how many of the questions he will remember and how many he doesn't. But that is what this round consists of. Does he or does he not remember what you're asking him about? <laughs> I'm just going to say he doesn't remember, he doesn't remember, he doesn't remember, he doesn't remember, he doesn't remember now. <laughs> just but, listen, <laughs> but listen, we don't know. I might ask you five questions and he remembers every single one of them. I might no, ask you five no. questions, he remembers none of them. It might be a mix-up. I, well, well, I, he remembers his, I think he remembers. I think he remembers his name. <laughs> so, so, so if that's if that's one of the questions, that's one of the questions actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, mean, that's about it. <laughs> right. Are you ready for question one? Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Mike Small scored twenty-one goals for Brighton before we signed him. You spoke to him about one of those goals being at Upton Park. Does he or does he not remember that goal? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I I literally have no idea. I'm just trying to play it back in my mind. Um, What you said? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't reckon he remembers it. I reckon it's too. I reckon. I reckon it's too insignificant because it would have just been a, a, a random goal, like uh, for Brighton. Oh, I don't. I don't reckon he did. Like, <laughs> I feel I'm going to be able to get through this round. Honestly, it's so funny. I don't reckon he did remember it. <laughs> right. So you're saying you don't think he? You don't think he does remember no. that goal he scored at Upton Park? No. Okay, it's time to find out. So you did you did return to England. You returned with Brighton and you scored 21 goals and they just missed out on promotion of playoffs. You also scored against West Ham at Upton Park. Do you remember that goal? And did you have any idea that it would help you to join West Ham at that point? Uh, I can't remember the goal at West Ham. Congratulations, mate. You're off to a great start in this round. That is the correct answer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, I just feel so bad for Mike. Like This isn't like, like how can he not remember these glorious moments? Seriously. <laughs> mate, it's the strangest thing. However, yeah. 
Do you think he's actually ill? Like, should we maybe not <laughs> check this out before well, we continue? Can you, ima- can you actually imagine if oh, that exactly. was the case? I feel there's fucking terrible. There's but... a lot of cases of footballers with <laughs> dementia. Well, I, I, God, I hadn't thought of that. This could, <laughs> yeah. this could be a disaster for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, I mean, really we will, as it stands, we'll, we'll, we'll base it on the fact that he is okay. Okay. If he's not, <laughs> we'll just have to go back and delete this <laughs> yeah. entire episode. Yeah. But yeah, no. No, no, to our knowledge, it's actually a valid point. <laughs> to our knowledge, Mike Small is, um, uh, yeah, he's okay. I'm shitting myself a little bit now. <laughs> Me too, because I don't want to take the mickey too much. And then we bloody read an article about it. We're like, oh, God, it can be horrendous. Oh, Right, for the sake of this quiz, let's just crack on uh, okay. <laughs> and hope that he is okay. I'm pretty sure he is. But just... I will say this, though. It is actually genuinely bizarre how much he didn't remember. But yeah. anyway, I'm not going to give too much away. Let's put it down to, to being... To it could be just being laid back. You know, let's exactly. Put it down to exactly. That. I mean, X, you know what my memory's like. It's probably yeah. worse than Mike's, to be yeah. fair. So <laughs> yeah. Some people are just built like that, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's go to question two. And he may or may not remember this. I'm not going to give too much away. But Billy Bonds told Mike why he wanted to sign him for West Ham. Does he or does he not remember that conversation? <laughs> I just love the idea that it's just everything is just so vague. And <laughs> it must be quite a nice life to live in. To be fair, like just not remembering anything that's happened to you. <laughs> like, less stressful that way in some ways. <laughs> But, but like, obviously, not if you're medically that way, but if it's a natural, just not. I know. We feel like we've got to constantly put disclaimers out there <laughs> yeah, exactly. on the back of this round. <laughs> if it's like a, you're just not bothered about things that have happened to you type thing, then that's quite cool. I'm, I'm going to go with the fact that I don't think I would have known the reason. So the fact that he obviously talked about it, it would have been a very dead conversation. If I just said, what was the reason you signed for West Ham? Um, I don't know. Oh, okay then. So I'm going to go with the fact that he did know. It'll probably be a very simple answer, like to score goals or something, but I'm going to go with he gave some kind of answer. So that would count as knowing. So yeah, he did know. Okay, let's find out. What did Bill say to you? What what was his um you know his, his reason to wanting to sign you? I can't really remember. Well, X, as you just heard, you were wrong. He didn't oh, remember God. that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've loved, like, imagine trying to write an autobiography with him. <laughs> Chapter one. And that's it. <laughs> Thanks. We got three pages. <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, God, I'm mighty right. Okay, let's do question three. Oh, God, it's going to be a struggle to get through this round. It's so funny, this round. The curious case of Mike Small's memory. Right, okay, question three. <laughs> you asked Mike. Oh, God, I've got the giggles now. <laughs> Oh, God. Right, okay. You asked Mike about his home debut for West Ham, which, ironically, was against his former club, Luton. Does he or does he not remember that game? <laughs> no, that's too specific. Like, <laughs> like, the fact that it was against a club, Luton, and I think by now he'd been at other clubs since Luton. He'd played in, like, Holland, I think, and Greece, maybe, and, and for Brighton. <laughs> so by then, Luton's way down in the, in the order of chapters in his head. So I'm going to go with the fact that he didn't remember that because it would have been too far in the, in the past. 
Oh, you don't think you did remember that one? No. Oh, now that you've said it like that, that makes me change my answer. Um, well, I will give you the option of changing your answer, but the next one you give me, I will lock in. So think about this. Does he no. or does he not remember his debut for West Ham, which also, so ironically, it, was against his the, former club, Luton? Is it the fact he remembers that it was against Luton, or is it the fact he remembers his debut? Both. So he has to. He has to. Oh uh, no, 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 no. He, well, it, it just no. He remembers his debut. Let's okay, say so, let's go with debut. Okay, it just so, so happens that Luton right. was the uh, the club. But the, Lu- the Luton thing wasn't significant in his mind. Who knows what's going on? He didn't say like, oh yeah, I remember it was against Luton, my first club. Like, like he just. He well, I can't to... tell you what he said in response because that give away the answer. But True. does he but does he not remember the debut? Right, I'm going to change. Was it was also just so happened to be against Luton. Okay, I'm going to change it then because if it was he remembered the fact that it was against Luton, then that's too much information for him to remember. But if it's just remembering a debut, this is literally the first time you've ever set foot in Claret and Blue at a game. Even if you didn't remember it, you could black that one and just say, "Yeah, it was special <laughs> to be in front of the fans." So, I'm, so I'm going to go with that he. Inverted commas, did remember it. <laughs> okay, I'm locking it in. <clears throat> Let's find out the answer. You made your home debut for West Ham against your first professional club, Luton. Um, what do you remember about the day and the atmosphere on a match day at Upton Park? Well, I can't remember. That was really the first game. Wow. Yeah, it was against Luton Town. I can't really remember. So, X, as you can hear... You were wrong. He didn't remember his <laughs> home debut for West Ham. You <laughs> No, no. I merely gave you the option of changing your mind if you wanted to. You could have stuck with the fact he didn't remember. You chose to... Um... I should have just come if he didn't remember, like I said at the start. That was my initial answer. Yes, so he didn't yeah. remember anything. No, yeah, I mean, exactly, like, no, yeah. no, I mean from the start of this round. Okay, so I'm sorry, my friend, you uh, you got that wrong. You got it right to start with, but you didn't lock in the right answer, which means ultimately, X, you got it wrong. Mike Small has had another disastrous impact on my career. You know, there's me trying to to start a new career as an ex-player interviewer. I screwed that one up in that interview. And now I like to sell myself as a West Ham Stato with a lot of West Ham knowledge. (laughs) He's screwing that up as well. It's like double revenge of mine. What did I do wrong to him? I supported him when he played for West Ham. I used to look at the top goal scorers on CFAX and be proud that he was up there with the top scorers in the Premier League when he first joined. He won't remember that he was there, but he was. I remember it. (laughs) With Ian Ian Rush and Ian Wright and uh, David Hurst. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Um, I mean, a bit harsh on Mike. He hasn't gone out of his way to derail your career, but um, it's just, you know, some people have bad memories. Him and and Teddy sharing him. I feel like this is like you conspired with them. I'm just waiting for the Stuart Downing round. (laughs) Well, the good news is. There are still two questions left in this round where you can pull it round. Doesn't a remember bit. it, and he doesn't remember it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Oh my god. Question four. <laughs> right. Okay. Listen, I've got. I've got to pull myself together now. Question four. You. You asked Mike about that famous winner 
he scored against Arsenal at higher Does not remember it? I can remember. <laughs> I, know, I know that straight away because I was absolutely <laughs> shocked. <laughs> I was absolutely shocked. He couldn't remember that. But uh, yeah, he doesn't. 100% on that. It's the only one I actually know the answer to. That one. <laughs> oh my God. Right, I'll, fin- I'll finish the question. You asked Mike about that famous, <laughs> unforgettable winner. He scored against Arsenal at Highbury. Many would say it was the finest moment in a West Ham shirt. Does he or does he not remember that win? And you're saying he doesn't. No, I okay. remember being shocked at it. Let's find out. And then this takes us on to the next week where he scored again. And probably your most famous goal, I would say, for the club was away at Arsenal at Highbury in a 1-0 win. Talk us through that goal. And when you came off the pitch, how good did it feel to, to get the winner in that game? Uh to be honest, I couldn't remember much of the day. You are correct. Well done, <laughs> mate. Well done. Oh, this is literally incredible. Right, okay. Let's go to the fifth and final question think, of this round. I, I think to show off, I can even predict what the question's <laughs> going to be. Remembering this interview, let me have a go. Does he remember a, um, getting a message from England that he was on the brink of the England squad? <laughs> and if that's the case no he doesn't <laughs> and I've not seen these questions before I just remember that from the interview what it's actually not the next question oh, okay. but, but but I did listen to that question <laughs> in, the, in the interview in the run up to this and he was a bit 50-50 on it he was like I think I got a letter <laughs> <laughs> I think I got a letter, but I don't really know what happened. And, uh, yeah, he was, was a bit all over the place a bit, to be honest. But <laughs> he's only England. Cool up. Yeah, I think I got a letter. I can't remember. I'm not really bothered to be fair. Should <laughs> be planning to go to Tesco on fucking Thursday. This is an England call up for Christ's sake. How do you not know? Or be bothered? It's quite incredible. I wonder if he got off the show and thought, "Shit, did all of that really happen?" And then like, sort of went and looked it up on the internet. Stop. <laughs> yeah, you got off the show and thought, I don't remember playing at West Ham, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's really I, thought, strange. I, thought, I, I thought this was a Brighton podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Right. Let's let's get the fifth and final question out of the way. Right, question five. <laughs> you asked Mike if he remembered being sent off against Barnsley on the opening day of the next season following relegation. Uh, I doesn't remember. Does he or does he not <laughs> remember getting sent no, off? No, because at that point, from memory, he was saying <laughs> saying that he like his career at West Ham was done by then. So I think in his head, if he'd, if he'd written off the previous months, then he'd certainly, <laughs> certainly written off those months. So okay. no, I, don't think, I don't think he remembers that either. Okay. Let's have a listen and find out. Well, in the first game of the next season, um, when we were back in uh, the championship as it is now, you were sent off against Barnsley. What do you remember about that incident? Uh, yeah, I got sent off. Why does he remember that? I don't remember scoring against <laughs> Arsenal, for fuck's sake. 
I mean, it's not the most convincing answer. I mean, you could argue that he says he remembers it, but at that point in the interview, he sort of almost has to say that he remembers this it. This is just what saves I mean. Because there's so much he didn't remember in the run-up to that question. This is what I mean. We almost need like a lie detector on, on his answers here because because I, I reckon at that point, he was just, oh my God, I'm just going to say I remember these things. And I, reckon, I, I reckon I could have thrown in anything. Like, oh, do you know when Alex Ferguson signed you on loan to play for Manchester United with Cantona? You know, <laughs> how did that go? I reckon he would have gone along with it. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember when I lent you that 500 quid, Mike? Yeah, yeah, any yeah. chance of getting that back? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right okay let's go on to round three now this round doesn't have um a name as such because to be honest i uh i lost all creativity at this point um <laughs> so we'll just say that this round is in relation to a podcast that we've done um actually to be more specific interviews that we have done okay, okay. so call this round what you like but but that is the theme Let's go to question one of this round. You ready? Yeah. Which ex-player did we interview that has been the only ex-player to insist on our cameras being switched on? Because in his words, he wants to see who he's talking to. Oh, I can remember this. Oh, I remember this happening. I'm finding it really weird. (laughs) Oh, so this is about a year ago. Yeah, and no no multiple choice on this. You either know oh. it or you don't. Oh, this is about a year ago. Yeah, yeah, there or thereabouts, yeah, I'd say. <laughs> There's a couple of names that are in my head. Okay. <clears throat> Can you share those or you want to keep them to yourself for now? Rob, Robbie Slater. But we did that very early in the morning because he was in Australia. Yeah, and I remember he was walking around a campus. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was yeah. so weird. We yeah. basically spent an hour and a half looking at Robbie Slater's nostrils, didn't yeah, we? Exactly, as he walked around some really <laughs> like, like Australian camp that he was on or something. Um, so there's that. <laughs> it makes you think because I remember thinking, God, this guy's going to be hard work, but he was actually quite a nice guy at the end. Oh, Nobby Solano, but then I seem to think I just pinned, but he was in his lounge sitting in his shorts and stuff. I, I just, you know what? I can't, I can't remember. I'll know it once you've said it. Yeah, it's gonna be you will know it once I've yeah. said it. Can, right I, now, can I have a clue about his career or something? No, I don't think so, mate, because I think, I think as soon as I give you an inkling, you'll, you'll guess it. And I don't want to be harsh and I don't want to take this quiz too seriously, but I think he was one of them. I think he was foreign. I think he was foreign. It depends what your definition of foreign is. That's a little a little clue. Okay, so that makes him... It is a little clue as well, by the way, but... That makes him British, this, I would say. I think you are right to assume that, yeah. Okay, so that means he's either Welsh or Scottish or Northern Irish. I'm not giving you anything more, though, mate, because to oh. be honest, that clue alone really, really should, should give it to you. I'm not giving you nothing else. Oh God! <laughs> I was going to say Joe O'Brien, but he's Irish. Yeah, um, that's not British. Um, oh, do you know what? I, I don't. Um, for the benefit of the listeners, they're just going to hear me going. Um, 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 I, think <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm just going to give up. But uh, it's going to absolutely Carl Fletcher. There he goes. Welsh. He's at the midfield. I'll tell you what, mate. You, you, you'll kick yourself. You oh. will kick yourself. The answer, and I'm going to lock in Carl Fletcher as your answer. Okay. 
But the actual answer is Ray Stewart. Is it Ray Stewart? Yeah, that, that makes sense now. Yeah, because mm. he's he's quite feisty, isn't he? And uh, negotiations yeah. to get him on a show, always uh, <laughs> quite, quite, quite protracted. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that, that, does, that does make sense now, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Now the next question, question two. Um, unfortunately, but he's already I'm- met us as well, so it's not like he hadn't met yeah. us before that interview. <laughs> <laughs> not like we were complete I know, Unless he had a, a bit of a Mike Small syndrome that day. Yeah, I don't maybe, know, but maybe. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that is a bit striking. <laughs> yeah, like that. yeah. Um, okay, question two. <laughs> question two. Uh, ironically, because you did mention him uh, a couple of times there, question two is Robbie Slater. Mm used to car share with two other players because they all lived in the same area. Who were they? Now, you're going to say I'm unbelievably harsh and unfair here, X, but I can't give you multiple choice. No, I think from memory, I think one of them was Marco Bugas. Wasn't he the one that told us stories about how he just used to sit there and was moody and didn't really say anything? Well, I will say this. You're going to think I'm being absolutely despicable now, by the way. (laughs) But you're only going to be given this as a correct answer if you can give me both players. We're not we're not awarding oh, a point for say. one and a point for the other. You either know it or you don't. I will tell you this: you're right with one of them. Marco Bugas was one of them. Okay. Uh, who was the other player? No, and if you o- don't know it, you don't get the um, you don't get the point. The obvious thing for me to say would be Stan Lazaridis as another Australian at the time. I, I think their careers crossed over. Um, Martin Allen is knocking around in my head, but I think he would have been too far out. Um, I'm going to go with Stan Lazaridis and Marco Bugas. Are you sure you want to go for something as obvious as Stan Lazaridis? Oh, this is the thing. Like when I can't quite remember when Stan Lazaridis and Robbie Stater played for West Ham. I think that Robbie would have been like, it was after Blackburn won the league. I'm pretty sure. So he would have been like 96, 97. And I think Lazaridis would have been around at that time. Yeah, he would have been, surely. You sure I, you want to go with Stan Lazaridis? No, you did this to me before. So by the fact you did this to me before, I'm going to say yes, Lazaridis and Boogers. All right. Are you sure? Or Bishop. Uh, Ooh. No, let's just, let's just stick with Lazaridis and Boogers. Okay. The two players he car shared with was Marco Boogers. Yeah. And... Stan Lazaridis. Yes! yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> At last. Well the done. Mike, the Mike Small dr- disaster. <laughs> I, needed, I needed some points. <laughs> right, question three. We are Sebastian Schemmel for the best five players he played with at West Ham, oh, and he gave them to us. He gave them to us in order. First was Paolo Di Canio. Second was Joe Cole. Third was Michael Carrick. Fourth was Nigel Winterburn. Really? Who was the fifth? And I'll give you multiple choice. Okay. Uh, Was it A, Trevor Sinclair? Was it B, Jermaine Defoe? Or was it C, Freddie Canute? Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, the obvious one would be Sinclair, I think, in terms of Defoe would have just been coming through when Schemmel was playing, so I think he wouldn't have been established enough. And Canute was <clears throat> a bit inconsistent, although he would have been good, but he's a fellow compatriot. He's French. Oh, I know he played for uh, 
I remember what African team now, didn't he? He, he didn't play for, he transferred to different nationality. Was it Ivory Coast? What did he change to when he was? <laughs> I don't he know. Was, uh, I'm going to have to Google that. That's going to bug, bug me because he was, he started out as a French international and then he switched nationalities, didn't they? Uh, so he was um, Mali. What's that, Mali? I feel I'm going to literally go with he would have been loyal to Canute. So I'm going to go Canute, although it should have been Sinclair. I think he would have said Canute. I can tell you because I, I have to lock it in X. I have okay. to take that as your final answer. Okay. So you can't change it now. Yeah. I can tell you that you're correct. Yes. You're right. It was Get Freddie Canute. Get in. Congratulations and well done to you. Question four. And it pains me to even bring this up. In the 2006 FA Cup final, Marlon Harewood broke his foot, so wasn't able to take a penalty. He told us that if that wouldn't have happened, he would have taken one. And he even knew what number penalty he would have taken. What number was that? Um, I'm going to go with the fact that Anton was a bit of a last-minute thing, wasn't it? The Pardew said, who's going to take it? And it was all sort of, no one wanted to take it. And Anton volunteered. Uh, He would have been, what, the fifth one, would he? Um, Sheringham took one before. He scored. Benny Yoon. He missed, didn't he? Uh, Zamora, maybe. I think I'm going to go with fifth, yeah. can't remember even who took them. I've blocked it from my mind, but I'm going to go with fifth. You're very wrong. He oh. would have taken the first penalty. Oh. Okay. okay. Question five. <laughs> Sounded really disappointed in you then. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> you did. Uh, okay. No, I'm really <laughs> disappointed myself. <laughs> I should have known that. I feel like I did. I feel like I'm being a bit like Mike Small now. Uh, it's like having been really hypocritical. Uh, uh, yeah, how, how can he not remember that? Uh, I can't remember any of the interviews I've given. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Question five. The last one of this round. When we had Ray Winston on the show, he told us that when he was a kid, his mum. Bought him a football kit. Which oh. kit was it and why? I have no idea. I can't remember. Um, I literally have no idea. An obvious one would be a London one. Um, but I'm going to go with what seems like uh, an even more obvious answer. I'm going to go with Aston Villa in the sense that she saw it was claret blue and just thought that that was West Ham and bought it. I have no other reason. Right, in the spirit of Christmas, I'm going to give you a bit of a foot up here. Okay. You're right in your thinking that she went out and bought a claret and blue kit thinking it was West Ham, but it wasn't. It also wasn't Aston Villa. I can't give you any more help than that, mate. So she went out and bought a claret and blue kit. Yep. And it wasn't Aston Villa. Well, the only other one I can think of, there's two other, isn't it? Burnley and Scumthorpe, is it? Don't know about the Scumford. No, I think they are. I'm going to go Burnley, though, then. Final answer? Yeah. 
You are correct. Yes, I thank you for the assist. <laughs> uh, I was massively assisted, to be fair, but, uh, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you ended the uh, the round on a high there. Okay, round four, which is the final round, by the way. Round four. Savio was convicted <laughs> of faking his own kidnap and extorting his family for how many euros? 20,000, 25,000 or 30,000? Jesus, was it that little? What's the point? <laughs> That's it's amazing, like, isn't it? Exactly. It's like the, um, what's it, Austin Powers, one million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, it's, it's just to show how much he values his own life. Yeah, right? exactly. He's prepared to completely like, <laughs> destroy his family and, and his own life for 30,000 or whatever yeah. it was. Was it uh, 15 quid? 20 yeah, quid? Yeah, exactly. Quid. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. The whole story is just another. When we get round to doing the, we should do the highs, lows and Savios, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we get round to doing that chapter that, he, that he's got to feature 100% <laughs> because uh, the whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. Um, I have no idea. Uh, what were the figures again? Sorry. So did he try and extort his family for 20,000 euros, 25,000 euros or 30,000 euros? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We'd like to think 30, because it's the, 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 the highest value. But for comedy reasons, I'm kind of thinking it might not be. 20,000 just seems ridiculous. He probably earned as much as that in a week, like when he was a footballer. So I'm going to go down the middle, pure guess, because I have no idea. Go down the middle with 25. Are you sure you want to go with 25? Thirty seems like it, like like it should be. It should be thirty because it's the highest amount. But even then, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not loads, is it? So it doesn't really make that difference. As I say, twenty just seems ridiculous. Like it's just like way too low. So I'm going to go with twenty five just because it's the middle number. And when I tend to get three options, I usually use. Yeah, let's have an inkling opt for the middle one. So, well, I can tell you that it's not twenty thousand. So I'm going to give you the chance to stick with 25 or swap for 30. What do you want to do? Can I phone a friend? (laughs) Hold on a minute. Hi, Savio. Savio, mate, you know when you you kidnapped yourself and held your family to ransom? Um, What was it for? 25,000? Just imagine him on the other end saying, oh, yeah, yeah, go on, mate. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, go on, mate. I was just talking about that earlier to my mum. Um, um, uh, (laughs) I think I'm going to just stick with it. I literally have no idea. So it's a guess either way. So just stick with it. Well, I've got to say, it's a very good guess. Hey. (laughs) 
because you are correct. The answer is €25,000. Congratulations. Well done. You finished the, um, well, you started, should I say, the round on a high. Let's see if that luck continues when I ask you question number two. Trevor Morley was stabbed by his missus because she thought he was shagging Ian Bishop. But what's his middle name? Who are you, Bishop or Trevor Morley? Is that? <laughs> Trevor Morley. I have absolutely no idea. Like... I'm sorry, this is multiple choice. <laughs> oh, sounds a bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> How would I know? Unless it's my own name, and I can't give that away on the show. It's not going to be X, is it? <laughs> oh, God. Right. <laughs> Oh, God. Right. Is his middle name? (laughs) I love the relevance of him getting stabbed as well, right? Yeah, yeah. What's his middle name? That's going to make me think, oh, yeah, because he's been stabbed. (laughs) Uh, uh, Williams often get stabbed. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. (laughs) Well, funny enough, is it William? Oh, really? Come back out, can you? (laughs) Is it William, David, or Michael? I really hope it isn't William now because it's going to look like I Googled that. I swear that was a pure, a pure guess. That is really... fucking, you know, that is unbelievable. Oh, exactly. I really hope it is. Oh, William. God. Is it William, David, or Michael? <laughs> you know, part of me thinks it is William now, just for like a divine intervention or something. But then it would look like I Googled it. I swear to God, I did not Google that. I just picked that name out of the hat. Um, <laughs> David and Michael. David would be significant because of you. Uh, Michael. I don't know. Michael sounds a little bit, although William is quite posh. Dave. (laughs) 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 So see, Dave, Terry, George, Walter. (laughs) (laughs) Love a roast in a boat, Brexit. Fucking Dave, Terry, George, Walter. I always love love filling in your passport details on the way. (laughs) It always always brings a smile to my face. (laughs) Especially with your convict photos. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, God. Oh, I've got to hurry up as well. I've got to be going. You have a little so, bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, let me just say it. So, Trevor William Morley, Trevor David Morley, <laughs> Trevor Michael Morley. Do you know what? I literally am going to look like I Googled this, but I swear to God I did. And William sounds better. Trevor William Morley, Trevor David Morley, Trevor Michael Morley. Michael Morley's too many M's. <laughs> so, I'm going to rule, rule that one out. <laughs> so, so, it's between David and Part of me thinks you would have chosen David because it's your name, but then you don't like being called David. So no, I, don't I think, hate it. I don't think you'd have wanted to draw attention to it. <clears throat> yeah. So I think with all that, I'm going to think... Hell, mate, it's not as if I've got a third nipple. It's only a nut. <laughs> I remember once I called you David. When we, when we first, This is where like, it still sticks in my head. When we first got to know each other, I made a joke and said something like, so how are you, David? And you went, <laughs> and you went just for the record, X, I don't like being called David. <laughs> a bit of a vibe killer, that one, wasn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah. I was like, oh, jeez, I was only joking. <laughs> so... so, so I think I'm going to go with William, and I almost—I promise to God I didn't Google. I just said William there. I mean, but but I, I've got to say, this is absolutely astonishing. How firstly, <laughs> you would have—you would have literally thrown up William before you heard the answers. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. secondly, 
that it's actually the fucking Garuda. Oh, <laughs> Honestly, like, it shows my relationships with different West Ham strikers. I really like Trevor Morley. He's one of my favourite. So, so maybe, maybe subconsciously I did know that and it's just like came out. Oh, God. Mike Small and Teddy Sheringham. <laughs> That's so funny. That is so funny, yeah, but you are correct. Um, let's go on to the next question. This is the third question of the round, and there's five in this round. Frank McAvenny was actually signed as an attacking midfielder, yeah. but cemented his place as a striker when he replaced which injured oh, this player? Oh, look at that. Look, it was multiple choice. Funnily enough, one of the options was Greg Campbell. Now, I don't know if I want to sound like I'm going to sound like the world's worst West Ham fan here, but I've never heard of him. Yeah, no, I have. He he played a few games for us. He wasn't like regular, but he was knocking around the squad for a good like three or four years. I think he came through the youth team, maybe. And yeah, um, yeah and he was, um, yeah, no, I've definitely heard of him, and he was always on the fringes, never quite quite made it into the first team. But, um, you yeah, know, I've definitely heard of him, but I know that answer anyway, because uh, I've read so much. Like, you know, Frank, Frank McAvoy is just such a, like, an icon, you know, we've interviewed him, mm. and uh, I've read so much about him that um, he, uh, yeah, no, I, I know that one. That's one of the, I think that's the first question I've actually known the answer to in the whole of this quiz mm. without guessing. So, yeah, it's definitely Paul Goddard. Well, the answer <clears throat> is Bobby Barnes. What? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Okay, you good. are right. You are right. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the multiple choice questions were Greg Campbell, who I've never heard of. You have, uh, with all due respect to him. Paul Goddard and Bobby Barnes. And you are absolutely spot on. It is Paul Goddard. Feels better like not, a good question now. <laughs> better not get... Um... Uh, Greg Campbell on the show. <laughs> Everyone would know you have no idea who you're interviewing. <laughs> I know, I feel terrible. Uh, oh, God. Right, okay, the fourth question. Are you ready for this? The penultimate yeah. question of the, the, um, the overall quiz, actually. Andy Carroll was born on the 6th of January, 1989. But how big is his cock? Is it A... <laughs> I'm joking. I am, of course, joking. Um, <laughs> in 2007, who did he score his first senior goal against? Right? Now, multiple Didn't choice. he play for West Ham then? No. How the I don't think so. I mean, how the fuck is he No, no, multiple choice. Or... Multiple choice. You're not really supposed to know this. He's a guess. Okay, really. I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> You've got more chance of guessing that big his cock is. Yeah, I think I have. <laughs> <laughs> can, he, can we go back to that question? <laughs> right. I know is... lots of things about lots of players. <laughs> is it A, and we're talking about clubs now, a lot of sides yeah. of the club. Is it, is it A, did he score his first senior goal against Barcelona? Oh, jeez. <laughs> is it B, Juventus? Wow. Or is it C, Bayern Munich? Wow. That's pretty impressive, whoever it was against. Isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know what capacity, whether it, was, it must have been. I'm assuming it had been a friendly, but um, he did score against one of those clubs, yeah. Right. Who was it? Sorry. I was too wowed at the size of the clubs. I know. By, by, by <laughs> Munich. Juventus, and who was the other one? Oh, God, I'm, I'm so mature, honestly. I'm, when you were literally just saying I was so wowed by the size of his... I'm going back to the original. Oh, question, God, right, yeah. um, right, is it A, Barcelona, B, Juventus, or C, Bayern Munich? I have literally no idea. 
I don't have a clue. <sighs> trying to think of any form of logic I can get from this, but when it's trying to remember who Newcastle played in 2007, there literally isn't any logic. The only mm. two bits of logic that I can apply to this are that Newcastle play in black and white stripes, as do Juventus. But then I think the reason Juventus play in black and white is not to do with Newcastle, it's to do with Notts County. Yes, memory. Yeah, yeah, so I'm trying to think if there's a link with Juventus that they might have been playing them in a... Then it was a senior game, was it? It wasn't a friendly? Was a prefer- I, I, like a- I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the question is his first senior goal. So make of that what you will. I don't know, okay. if I'm honest. And also it's the middle answer. And I said I always go down the middle when I don't know. Okay. The only link I can make, and it's pathetic, but it's the black and white thing. So in order, it almost seems like that's a story to ha- that would have happened for you to know about it or be able to find out about it. So I'm going to go with that, um, Juventus. You sure? No, but I can't apply logic to anything else. So, yeah. Well, I can tell you that the logic you have applied to this question has worked in your favour. Yes. Because it was Juventus. Well yeah, done, you. Well what was done, the, you. What was the significance of the game? What was it? I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Thanks for that. I have absolutely no idea. No, no, no I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, you, you, you're quite right in terms of breaking it down. I, I don't know. Yeah, don't know. Let's go to the final question. <laughs> right, okay. Final question of the quiz. Mikel Antonio crashed his £210,000 Lamborghini into a South London front garden on Christmas Day dressed as a snowman. I mean, it could literally only happen at West Ham. Oh, it's loads of Antonio's now. (laughs) And he still started in West Ham's Premier League defeat to which club? I can give you multiple choice on this if you don't know it. Um... You want the names? So it's obviously a Boxing Day game. It would have been recently. Um, go on, yeah, give me the names. I'm not... Was it Crystal Palace, Arsenal or Burnley? <sighs> it would have been a Boxing Day game then. I'm trying to think who I can remember playing on Boxing Day. I've, I seem to remember I went to, pa- my, I went to Palace on a Boxing Day. Arsenal was obviously this year. I can't remember playing them on a Boxing Day unless it slipped my mind. Burnley sounds like the sort of game we would play on a Boxing Day, cold and miserable and boring. Um, There's just something in my head that's saying Palace. That's the only one I because I think I went to it with Vince and, and a few other people. So because of that, I'm going to go with that one, Palace. Although I always go for the middle. But in this case, I think I know it. So I'm going to go Palace. I mean, it would be such a shame if we ended this quiz with a wrong answer, wouldn't oh, it? Don't do this. <laughs> I can tell you that it wasn't Burnley. Hey. Do you want to swap Crystal Palace for Arsenal? And I'm asking you this as a friend. <laughs> so that would mean to swap if you're asking it as a friend, but... Well, make it, I, listen, I, I didn't say that, did I? Maybe as a friend you want to stick. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not manipulating you here. I'm just merely asking you a question. Do you want to stick with Crystal Palace or do you want to swap your answer for Arsenal? 
I, I can't remember going to Arsenal on Boxing Day. So if it was Christmas Day, he crashed the car, or playing Arsenal on Boxing Day. <laughs> if it was Christmas Day, the cash card. You said the next day he played for West Ham. It would. It, it, it was so that would be Boxing Day, and I can't. I can remember us playing Palace on Boxing Day, but I can't remember us playing Arsenal. So I think I'm going to have to just stick with that and try to ignore your mind games. Ooh, so you sticking? Yeah, I think so. Well, you were right to stick because yes. the answer is Crystal Palace. Well done, mate. You've ended the quiz on a high. Haven't been keeping note of the scores, I'll be honest, because it means <laughs> absolutely nothing. Um, but congratulations. I think it's safe to say that considering this quiz is designed for you to really just guess the answers rather than know, certainly the vast majority of anyway, uh, I think you did very well. Very well. Um, and hopefully those that are playing at home, if you have been, uh, have done just as well, if not better. Right, it's time to get the latest news from X. But before we do, here's a special Christmas message from a current player. Uh, hello, West Ham fans. This is Thomas Sirchak, the great number 28. I wanted to wish you all a very Christmas merry. I am so sorry for my form over the last couple of years. I will try much harder in 2023. That is my New Year's revolution. And, 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 and I will try and win the Hammer of the Year award. And in doing so, I will win your hearts again. And when I do that, there will be free potato salad for everybody! Happy holidays, everyone! And I look forward to seeing you all at the London Stadium soon. Come on, you irons, and dance, Gattenswagen! Right, mate, what have you got for us? So as you all might have seen um, already, but just for those that haven't, Luis Sal, the Brazilian centre-back, has now completed his move to West Ham, work permit, um, permitting. They still need to get that. Um, they're confident that they will. It's a little bit different with work permits. Now it's actually, in some ways, easier to get work permits for non-European players than European players because of Brexit. So South American players, obviously particularly from the likes of Brazil and Argentina, you know, those famed for their um, their players, um, you know, good, good having a range of great players, they're now more appealing to clubs, hence why um, Rob Newman did a scouting mission to Brazil and was out there for a prolonged period. He identified a number of players that were worth signing, and obviously Luis Al was one, particularly as his contract was up um, on the 31st of January. So West Ham have been able to agree a deal for three and a half years to bring the 20-year-old to the club till the summer of 2026. Now, he's seen as a, a bright prospect. There was a number of clubs that are interested in signing him, and we've managed to beat all of them. But he is, I've been, it's been stressed to me numerous times since we started first reporting this in November at the start of November that he um that he's for the academy so he's a bit like you know like Cardoza was and Alves was now whilst those whilst those aren't the best examples because neither of them kicked on and had a career at West Ham and was sold quite quickly after there is hopes 
it's been said that this guy is a gamble. They've openly admitted it, but he's, a, he's pretty much a free transfer. Um, he has played for Sao Paulo's first team, so it's not like he hasn't played at a decent standard and he's, they wanted to keep him and top clubs went in for him. So West Ham have moved. They've taken a bit of a punt on him, but hopefully a couple of years' time or maybe before that, depending on how well he develops, he'll be one for the first team. Now, a couple of people message and have, and have said, in the feedback that they they want clarification on the exclusives that the website brings over Patreon. Can I categorically say on air that there is nothing that goes on the website or Instagram or Facebook before it's been on our Patreon, either via the podcast or via a new support that I've put? It can't do because the only reason the editor, Mark Carlaw, gets the information is because he listens to the podcast or he reads the website and then he takes that information and a couple of days later, because I tell him not to do it immediately, um, a couple of, apart from I did say for the Lewis Hour one because I knew other websites would report it off my news, um, he runs those stories. So there's never a case of the news going on those mediums before it goes on Patreon. A couple of people have asked me about this and said they're unhappy, that they feel they're paying for exclusive news and they can just get it for free. You can't. Every news that it ever gets out goes from me, goes on Patreon before. More often than not, it's hours, sometimes it's days, sometimes it's weeks, and because of the amount of news I put out there. Occasionally, it could be within a, you know an hour that I've reported it because there's journalists all over our Patreon and they just turn that, that into news articles themselves. I can't stop that, but never does it come from me elsewhere before the Patreon. I promise you that I wouldn't do that to Patreons. And this is the case of this transfer. I've been talking about it since the start of November. I confirmed that it was a done deal on Patreon before I did it anywhere else. And it is now a done deal subject to work permit. Um, as I said, Rob Newman has been scouting in Brazil it was reported elsewhere that we were looking at a guy called Pablo Meyer. Now he is one of a few players on, on a big list of players, potential signings, but we haven't actually made a move for him. The report that linked him to us was too far in its sense that it said that we're really keen on signing him. He was one of a few that have been identified and there has been no real talks with his club, which is Sao Paulo, the same as um, Luis Sao. So, so he could be one that we move for. But there's about five to six others that we could do, depending on how far we get with negotiations. Grant Holt, has also been looking in Italy and George Santos has been looking in France. So they've had similar scouting missions to these countries, but Rob Newman being the, the lead um, has also um, been taking big control over the South America being the main market. And we brought in a new scout, which I did report on Patreon but off the top of the head. I've forgotten his name, but he, he was at, formerly at Celtic and he worked with David Moyes at other clubs. So he's been brought in to have a look at um, these players as well. So there is a lot more scouting done now than in previous eras of the club. As mentioned on Patreon before, Gideon Kadua is another youngster. He's currently in our academy. He's signed his first pro contract with the club and that will be completed on the 1st of January. So he'll be also... Um, starting on the 1st of January, same as Lewis Sal. In terms of what we're going to do in January beyond the academy, now the right-back situation is one to keep an eye on, as we've said numerous times. Ashby looks set to join Newcastle. He's turned down multiple contract offers. 
like Sonny Perkins did, like Jeremy Ngakia did, because they believe that they should be earning a first-team equivalent wage rather than an academy wage. Um, and clubs like Newcastle and Leeds, etc., are prepared to offer this. So it does look like Ashby's going to go unless they can make a last-minute change of mind. Although I believe that that's very unlikely. Shafal's future is unclear. He's said that himself, that he doesn't know whether he's staying or not. A couple of German um, German-based clubs and a couple of English clubs have shown a fleeting interest, but at the moment it's unclear. His contract expires at the end of the season, um, although I do believe they've got a, a year's option on it. Um, but they will obviously want to clear out his situation uh, quickly. And Ben Johnson is another one who, whilst we've got a couple of years in his contract, he hasn't signed a new deal. The problem with him is similar to what was with the other players, is that he believes he should be getting a first-team wage now, which he... The club are prepared to offer him, but as a, a young first-teamer that's not established yet. So <clears throat> whilst it would be more than what they're prepared to offer, Ashby, obviously, because Johnson's more established. When Johnson looks at the likes of Cresswell and Chafal and other comp competitors and Frederick's previously competitors for his position, he thinks his wage should be in line with them, whereas the club believe that his wage should be that of a young player still trying to establish themselves in the team. So the club have decided that negotiations will be postponed until the summer to try and clear up his situation. Now, because of this uncertainty around right-backs, it means that right-back players are potentially targets in January. As reported about a month ago we by us, we are interested in Juan Basaka, the former Crystal Palace right-back, currently massively out of favour at Manchester United. His manager, Ten Hag, has said that he can leave. Now, we would ideally like to sign him on loan because he hasn't played consistently for a while now, so we'd like to sign him on loan. However, the loan um, may not be an option if other clubs like Wolves and Newcastle, who are meant to be showing some kind of interest, mainly Wolves, I think, want to buy him. So we're going to have to make a decision as to whether we go for a loan and hopefully pull it off or lose out if other clubs go to buy him. So that's going to be something that comes up. One thing that's in our favour, though, is that his agent is Will Salthouse, um, who is obviously a agent that we have used many times. Is Conay's agent. He was the last player that we signed under his agency, but we've signed many players in the past, and he has a strong relationship with the board. Other right-backs that we have looked at, um, and I've mentioned before, is Ola Aina at Torino, who we were very close to signing in the summer, potentially a move for him. Joseph Juranovic, who I also reported previously as a Croatian right back at Celtic. Now, apparently, Celtic have said that he's available for six million, which is a lot less than what was being reported. So if that's the case, we could be interested in making a move there. I'm not scattergunning, which people accuse me of. I'm telling you what the targets are and when. And as we always do, we have preliminary talks of all of these players. And then we look at what deal works out best for the club and the player. And then we go and hone in on them and see if we're successful. And then move on to the next target. If we're not, it's always been the strategy. So those that don't understand West Ham's transfer strategy, just to make it clear, that is what happens. They identify a number of players and then make a, a preliminary talks with them and see which deal they think is going to ultimately be the easiest. Well, not, not necessarily easiest, but pr proved to be the best value of money for the club. Unfortunately, Asaya Jones of Middlesbrough and Max Ahrens of Norwich, who have a potential right-backs that we would be looking at, um, their clubs, because they're both trying to get back to the Premier League it was managed by a former player, Michael Carrick, um, trying to get back to the Premier League. They um, they won't want to sell them yet. Centre-back is another 
potential position again alone. I think David Moyes would favour um, a player that would be similar to Michael Dawson, Michael Dawson, Craig Dawson, um, in the sense that um, a British old school centre back. Now to con- con- contradict that and say an Irish player, um, but you know I mean a, a player that's played all their career in Britain, pretty much. Michael Keane of Everton could be a potential option, as could Jamal Lascelles who's at Newcastle, was their captain, again, is a Will Sorthouse player. Um, they're potentially players that we could look in at to bring on on loan for the rest of the season, depending on, A, the injuries of the other centre-backs, and B, Craig Dawson's future. Craig Dawson's contract is up in the summer, and as we've reported heavily in the summer, he's got personal issues up north that he wants to return to. That was previously Aston Villa and Wolves showing an interest. Both have changed managers, but interestingly, the new Wolves manager has said he wants to sign more British players. So maybe Craig Dawson will fit that bill, but at the moment there's no offer in as yet. Another position due to the vulnerability of injuries with Antonio and um, Skamaka um, is forward, Biriton Diaz. Blackburn's forward that scored against us this season. He's contracted up. He could be another one. Again, there's lots of competitors for him. Marcus Turam, who played in the World Cup, son of Lillian. He, um, his contract is up as well in the summer. And then Youssef and Nesri for Seville, a Moroccan teammate of Agued, but his form has been a bit patchy last season or so. So I don't think they would move for him unless a bargain could be obtained. Um, speaking of Moroccans, obviously they got to the World Cup semi-final. Agued plays for them. So we've been talking to him again about potential players that could be brought in um, from there because they've obviously shown to be good competitors. One that's a potential um, interest is called Azadine. Um, Unaya. Um, so he's someone to keep an eye on. I don't think we'll move for him in January, but potentially in the summer, um, unless a bargain could be obtained. In terms of contracts, as I mentioned, Dawson's is up. He's unlikely to sign a new one. The club would like him to sign a year's extension, but at the moment, unless things have changed in the last couple of weeks, he's unlikely to sign Lanzini. His contract's up. Club are in a dilemma with him. I think they would offer him a new deal if he was to take reduced terms. But whether he'd be prepared to do that, I don't know, because he could probably get a decent wage elsewhere. Cresswell, although I do believe he's already signed a one-year extension to his contract that just hasn't been reported yet. Fabianski, I reckon he'll get another year's contract at the end of the season because he's he's done well this season, maybe as a backup to Areola next year, but maybe another year. Ogbonna, be interested to see what will happen with him because, again, he's 35. Um, he's played all of our friendlies and is obviously going to likely to be featuring in the games coming up. But be interested to see what happens with his future. Connor Coventry, although we do have a year's option on him that we can just trigger if and when we want to, although Connor um, at the moment is unclear on his future. He's not sure whether the club wants to keep him or not. So hopefully he's getting some answers when Mark Noble starts work with us on the 1st of January. Mark Noble is a big fan of Connor Coventry, so that could be promising for his future. And Darren Randolph, now I believe Darren Randolph will go at the end of the season because that was his third choice keeper. He's on a decent wage. He's getting on a bit, I think. I think he will move on in the summer. Um, so West Ham, as I said, are interested in loans potentially and players whose contracts are coming to an end so that they can get a decent bargain for them. So keep an eye on that. In terms of injuries, Aguerd was on the bench for Morocco's third place playoff against Croatia. Um, so he's meant to be deemed match fit. But 
He's obviously not returned to the club yet. He's not due to return, I think, until the 23rd of December. So the club will ask him because they gave other players 10 days um, holiday, like Rice and um, uh, Packeter, uh gave them a, a 10 days holiday. But um, with Aguero, I think they're going to ask him to play against Arsenal because of the necessity and the need. Corne is still having niggling injuries. This has been going on for months now. Every time the club think he's going to come back, he, he reports something else. Um, and it's again, niggling injury with his thigh injury. Now, I think he should be back, hopefully in the start of... Um, start of January um, but we we shall see because it's, it's something that kept happening to him whilst he was at Burnley as well so hopefully it's not an ongoing thing um, the Leeds game might be a, a realistic target for him Antonio felt his thigh in training um, and the club didn't want to risk him for a friendly game against Fulham so they didn't play him but by all accounts, from what I've heard, as of two days ago, he should be available for the Arsenal game. Skamaka went off in that Fulham game with a very swollen ankle. And it was very swollen, according to people I, I spoke to. So they can't do a scan just yet because of the swelling. They will try to today or in the next day to get an idea of how serious it is. They hope it's not too bad. They the, they think he's turned his ankle um, following a challenge from Issa Dirup, of all people. He, um, he will hopefully won't be out for too long, but obviously they can't determine that until they've done, done the scans. And Zuma is said to be recovering well. But again, it's a bit unknown as to his recovery date, having had his knee cleaned out, basically. Um, he's going to be looking at around middle of January, but that isn't confirmed on his case. In terms of the players that went to the World Cup, now all of them, aside from Ariola and Aguad, should be back in training today. Um, but West Ham also were compensated for players that played in the World Cup, totaling almost 1.5 million in compensation, um, which some of it has to be shared with their previous clubs, particularly those um, that um, were there at their previous clubs recently. So the likes of Piqueta, um, Kera, Ariola, Agued, obviously played for their previous clubs within the last two years. So they get a percentage of the compensation, but it works out roughly because of the length of time that we we're in the tournament that, um, Kera gets us about 160,000 in compensation. Paqueta, I'm sorry, Paqueta, I'm trying to say it correctly now, 240,000. That can rise the same. Aguerd, about 272,000, same as Flasic. And then Ariola, 314,000. And that's all due to the different stages of World Cup they got to and how long they were away from the club. But that made us a nice 1.5 million um, just by them being um, away all that time. So um, wow. that's, yeah, so it's not bad, is it? So that's basically it in a nutshell. As I say, the, the window is set to open in January. The team is set to start on Boxing Day. The Patreon is the one place you'll get all news exclusively and fast at first, sorry. So it is now um, the time to not think about cancelling memberships or to sign up if you're listening to this um, and, th- and you haven't, agreed to sign up for January yet get um get yourself involved now because it is where all the news will go well said mate well said and thank you very much as always very comprehensive and very interesting Welcome back to the final part of the show, where as always you've been good enough to send your questions in and X has selected something to read out. 
First, that's from Jack Fleming, and he said, Hi, gents. Are you guys looking forward to the Premier League being back? It's been a nice month without West Ham and the stress that comes with it. I'm not looking forward to going back as I can't see us playing any differently to what we was before the World Cup. Wanted to get your thoughts on it. Well, firstly, I have to say, I've really, really, really enjoyed this World Cup. And regardless of what your political beliefs are in uh, Qatar and, and the fact that they've hosted the tournament, I think they have done a really, really good job. And the football has been really entertaining. So I've really enjoyed it. And it has been a nice break from West Ham, which, let's be honest, has been quite depressing so far this season. Um, and Just as we look at, uh, at going back to West Ham, you know, scams, he rolls his ankle and you think, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, we literally cannot buy a bit of luck at the moment. So, yeah, I agree with that. I think, um, I don't know, I, I look at the game uh, against Arsenal. It's a terrible game to come back to. I think we'll lose that. I've written that off already. And I just think, come Boxing Day, it's going to be a sort of misery again, isn't it? And I don't want to be a, a right Debbie Downer, but honestly, X, I don't know how you feel, but... I'm just, I'm not feeling good about West Ham at the moment at all. And it has been a welcome break, this World Cup. It's been a massive welcome break. I've, uh, as you say, I think the World Cup's been brilliant, particularly in the latter stages. Um, and the World Cup final itself was amazing. And, you know, oh, I'm real. This, I'm real. What a final. It's the best World Cup final I can remember by a long way. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a great, a great tournament. Um, like you say, if you take the political implications aside, the actual football itself was, was brilliant. I haven't missed West Ham. I'm going to be honest with you. Because with West Ham comes the stress of trying to get the team used, trying to get the injuries, and now coming into January, trying to get the transfers. And I just miss that like, I can be a fan of England and a fan of football, whereas West Ham I obviously can, but it's also a bit of a, a chore at times trying to get this information. So I haven't missed it at all. I've missed the trolling. I haven't missed the negativity. I haven't missed any of that. So, yeah, it's a bit of a – I must admit I'm not looking forward to it in some ways, but in other ways I am. You know, the away days are always brilliant. You know, we've got Newcastle but We've got Leeds but They'll be really great away days. We've got um, Europe to come in March or whenever we resume. So there's exciting things to come and I am looking forward to that but actually I could I could quite happily take another month without West Ham I think um, and particularly at this time of year when it's cold and rainy and stuff and you kind of <laughs> you, you know, like to stay in and that I think that's lazy but yeah I haven't missed it I actually think playing Arsenal whilst it's not good because we're in a, a battle and we need to get three points and we probably will lose it I actually think it's not a bad time to play them because they've got Jesus injured now and they've also got um a, uh, they haven't played for a month or so, so you don't know whether their, their players being away at the World Cup and things like that, if it's affected them at all. So actually, I think it's not a bad time to play. Also, I still think we'll lose, that said, but I think it is the better time. I'd rather play them now than on the back of them winning three games in the Premier League or in a row or whatever. Mm. So... Mm. But yeah, it's a, it, I, I must admit, it's a shame really because West Ham used to be my life. I used to be absolutely addicted to it and love it and be so excited for everything. But I think, yeah, at the moment, it's not the greatest period and yeah, I'm not particularly looking forward to it either. Um, this is from <laughs> Sean Coverley and he said, "'Twas the pod before Christmas. <laughs> if, you were, <laughs> if you were visited by the ghost of West Ham past, which previous West Ham moment would you relive again? If it was the ghost of West Ham present, what would you secretly like to spy on behind the scenes at the club? And if it was the ghost of West Ham's future, where do you see our club in 10 years? Cheers, lads, and Merry Christmas. Bloody hell. 
I'm trying to keep up with that. So um, basically, what do you, yeah. if you let's, let's, ta- let's take one part at a time then. So let's start with the first one, X. Uh, if you could relive one West Ham moment again, what would it be? So by reliving it, it means you have to have been there and seen it, yeah? I think so, yeah. Uh, possibly, possibly the most entertaining game of football I've ever seen in my life. No, actually, not possibly, definitely, was the, the 5-4 win over Bradford. That yeah. game was just unbelievable and the players on display and, and to, to have seen Paolo again, it was just poetry in motion. I'd love to go back and see him play. Honestly, yeah. as you know, as everyone knows, he was just uh, he was just an absolute joy. So I don't know, my, my, my gut reaction, I'm sure there's a better answer, would be the 5-4 win over Bradford because that, that game just had literally everything. It was amazing. So that's my answer to that. What's I, yours? I, I think yours is a more interesting answer. I think mine's more obvious. I think it would be the last game at Upton Park uh, just to, to yeah, know, see it yeah. one more time, one yeah. more time again. And add well, to I know- mean, your one meant more. Than, yeah. than mine did. My, I'm going by pure entertainment, but you're you're quite right. Yeah, I mean that's got to be up there. Yeah, the playoff final, either either one, but probably the True. one at Blackpool. True. I think that was slightly more dramatic because we scored towards the end. So yeah, I think even this between those two, but I think for a one-off game in terms of entertainment, you probably picked the most entertaining one. So yeah, you can you can make an argument for both. Then if you could listen into anything at West Ham now, like currently going on, what would it be? Possibly negotiations and effort levels with Declan Rice's new contract. Yeah. I'd like to know how much they are prepared to offer him mm-hmm. and and how much he's prepared to reject. Yeah. Uh I'd like to be a fly on the wall in those uh those conversations, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, that's a good one. I think mine would be to know exactly which transfer players we were gonna sign and not just to do my job now and be done and not have to worry about it. So that'd, <laughs> yeah. that'd be, that'd be quite, quite good. I don't think the club even knows, so that'd be impossible. Um, yeah. I think I'd quite like to be there in the dressing room before the Arsenal game, just to actually understand what Moy says to the players when we take on a big team like Arsenal and to see if it is as negative as we think it is. I'd quite like to be there. I'd quite like to be there when... Um, uh, the the new players come back, or not the new players, the players that have been on international duty come back, like as in today and stuff, and just to see how, um, you know, what how welcomed they are and that, that'd be quite interesting. But yeah, I think just to get an idea of the January spending and, and I think that would probably be it if that was possible. But as I say, the club don't don't know, I don't think. Um, mm. uh, then um, the final one was if you could... Um, See, what was it? See into the future and um, and look where. Well, I better load it up because I am. Um, I can't actually remember exactly what it was. Um, it was, um, yeah, if you could look into the future, where do you see the club in 10 years' time? I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic here. I think the club has been going in the right direction for quite a while now. And I think you look at the squad of players we've got, it's actually brilliant. I think in black and white. Now it's taken a bit of time for everyone to knit together and uh, um, and and consistently deliver against their names, if you like. Because you know, look at the names we've got. It's, it's, we, we've got a seriously good squad of players. In ten years' time, I would like to think that the squad of players we have will be led by an elite level manager, and we can achieve good things. I'm not saying we're going to win the Premier League, but I would like to have a serious 
a serious, consistent crack at the Champions League every year in terms of qualification and a serious crack at a trophy, whether it's League Cup, FA Cup. Well, fuck me, in our lifetime, we've got to see us win something. So um, I'd like to think in 10 years' time, we either would have seen us win a few things or at least be on the verge of seeing us win something. So I think it will be a positive... Uh, I think I think this club will look positive in 10 years' time, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think Mark Noble will be manager, maybe. <laughs> um, no, but, yeah, you never know. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with what you said there. I don't know if I can really add to that. Um, so this is from... Um, Mark, no, sorry, it's from Ben Kelly. What's the biggest change Moyes needs to make going back into the season to turn this around? Um, I think, I think he's got to, he's got to stop persisting with underperforming players first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. Thomas Suchek, I mean, look, uh, uh, you know, um, we'll, we'll see how he, he comes back into play now, but if he continues to not play well, he has to be dropped. I don't know why he keeps sticking with Thomas Suchek. It's it's the strangest thing. And, and what adds to how strange this is, is that whenever Flynn's come in, he's played really well. So why is he not starting over a consistently underperforming Thomas Suchek? Um, and, and without, you know, really focusing on, on Tom, um, you, you can't really look much further than that. So so I, I think him, Jared, hopefully he'll come back um, and, and be back to his best because he's underperformed this season and that's hurt us. So I, I honestly think it's it's being brave enough and bold enough and smart enough to replace underperforming players. Yeah, I think that's a very good shout. What I would do to be specific with tactics, I think I would bring um, uh, Thomas Suchek, I'd give him a chance to play in the number 10 role. I think I'd bring um, Pakita into central midfield alongside Declan Rice. Um, I think that'd be the initial thing that I would do with the team. I think Gerrard's played well in pre-season, well, pre-season, this little break, and I think Ben Rama has. So I'd have those two on the wings. So I'd have that. So my midfield would be Rice, um, Pakatar, Suchek, Bowen, and Ben Rama going into this game with Suchek on thin ice. You know, he's got to start performing in a more advanced role, um, and, I, and I'd see how that would go. I would also like the club to tackle each game with the idea of we're going to win this rather than certain teams, let's let's nullify them for the first, you know, half hour mm. and then see what happens. Mm. We also need to start games more positively. We go behind very quickly, did it against Fulham, annoyingly. Um, you know, didn't get through the daisy from memory as well. So hopefully he will have sorted this out, but we've got to really get that side sorted, starting well in games. Um, and that's, that's the main things, I think, really. Just, yeah, more like you said, dropping in form, out of form players, sorry. Um, that's how I would deal with the midfield at the moment. That'd be an initial change. And also just go with a more attacking intent from the start of games as well. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it, there's just no excuses for the, the, the quality we've got in this squad. He has to find a way to bring the best out of those players. Because we, we talk about Skamaker and, and the, the goals he is or isn't scoring. You have to give him service, first and foremost. If you don't give him service, you won't see goals. Mm. Paqueta, Brazilian number 10, for Christ's sake. And, and yet it isn't happening for him at West Ham. Guaranteed he'll go to any other club in the world and it will happen for him. So he, as a manager, has to take the responsibility of saying, right, I've got a really good squad of players here. How can I make 
this group the best it can be individually and as a group because at the moment it isn't working and there isn't really much of an excuse for it not working so I think Moisey and and for me I'll give him the pass of Arsenal because I think that's a tough game to come back to but following that he's got games he's got to win it's as simple as that because he he ain't going to have that much time to to keep having a, a, a poor season with this group yeah, no, I agree, definitely. Um, this is from Mark Richards. Hello, lads. A couple of times Dave has said he likes tea if it's done right. Is it milk first or milk second? And after finding out Chris Ray was bad, Rhea, sorry, Chris Rhea was bad. Chris Ray used to pay for Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris Rhea was, was banned from driving. When he wrote his song, does Dave feel betrayed by no. a fraud who wasn't even driving home? Great podcast from everyone on the West Ham way this year. Both have a great birthday. Christmas and New Year. <laughs> that is brilliant. I didn't know that. I didn't know he was banned from driving. Yeah, were, you, you, were you not? You, you were tagged into it on Twitter. People were outraged because of what I said. You know, I said to you. Were they? Yeah, I said we need to get questions on this. Why has he been away for so long? Why is yeah. he only driving back now? If he's been away for months on end on a bender with yeah. the lads, and he's driving <laughs> back to see the kids now, and that's shocking, <laughs> shocking parenting that needs to be questioned. And actually, actually, people did some research. And it turns out that when he was inverted commas driving home for Christmas, he was actually banned from driving for alcohol-related drink driving offences. So, firstly, was he? Yeah, firstly, that's not great. Anyway, and second of all, should he really be writing songs about driving when he's banned? And second of all, he wasn't even driving anyway. His missus was driving, so everyone likes snuggling up in a car. Why was looking after the kids? Well, I don't know. We haven't established if that's who he was going home to at the moment. But even more, if he, if he's left them at home and him and the wife have been gallivanting somewhere, then that's even worse. Shocking song, morally wrong. It's like it's like the World Cup. You can enjoy it on a contextual value, but when you look at it, when you look, if you take it for what it is, as in a football game or a song, then maybe it's all right. But when you dive deeper and you realise the sinister history behind this song, it should not be no one's, no one's favourite Christmas song. I mean, I think you're being a, a bit harsh here. I think you've been a little bit over the top. I mean, no. okay, if he was, um, if he was uh, banned at the time for, for drink driving, yeah, look, I mean... <laughs> You know, we all make mistakes. So I'll, uh, you know. You don't write songs about it and get to royalties off it, though, do you? What? Because, so because you're banned for drink driving, you shouldn't be able to write a song about driving. Does that, does it actually bother you that much? The song bothers me that much. So I'm looking for excuses to get banned. Yeah, but yeah. this is coming from a man who has selected the Bo Selector Christmas song as his all time favourite. So for happy, me, funny. you actually have lost all privileges to even comment about Christmas songs, let alone give your opinions. Mate, you literally cannot comment in my where, opinion. Where else do you get quality lyrics like, so excited, I may we? In, in, a, in a Christmas song? Well, that says it all. But but see, but see, we've we've um we're driving home for Christmas, right? So fa- right, so these are the factors, right? The music is very very Christmassy, as awful. you'd expect from a Christmas song. Depressing, slow. His voice is like a blanket hug it's like a big warm cuddly fuzzy hoodie that you just put on that's right? what drunk drunks do they cuddle you <laughs> they, they cuddle you they give you warm cuddles at christmas when you think really deep down you think oh, grand- yeah, you're thinking granddad get off of me you've had too much sherry 
That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what, though? To be fair to Chris, he might have been singing about an experience retrospectively when he, he legally was allowed to drive. So he might have been singing about a time where he was driving up to Christmas and he can't wait to see their faces when he actually wasn't banned from driving. That's a that's a decent counter-argument. No, it's not. He needs to make that clear if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Driving home for Christmas. That would just kill the song, wouldn't <laughs> when, it? When I wasn't banned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everyone. Before I uh, play the song, I just want to make it clear that I'm talking about the time before I was banned from driving. <laughs> Uh, and uh, subsequently have been banned from driving for <laughs> drink driving. Uh, but I'm talking about a time now where we're looking back and I was actually legally allowed to drive and I was driving home for Christmas and I was going to see my family and the kids and I can't wait to see their faces. So just to throw that disclaimer out there for everyone that's annoyed that I'm singing about driving home for Christmas when actually I was banned from driving and couldn't therefore drive and would have to have got a lift home to see their faces. Thank you. Uh, dun, 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 I, actually dun, think, dun. I actually think that would be better. It's <laughs> like we're on heart FM every time it got played. I think it's more catchy than the actual song. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, I took a lot of stick for my Chris Rea hatred the last Absolutely warranted as well. No. Absolutely warranted. Um, That's no. sacrilege, that is, to, to knock that song. That That, that is... I mean, there's a debate there between that and Last Christmas by Wham as to what is the best one, in my opinion. But I do think that that is a worthy winner for the best Christmas song ever, in my opinion. Terrible. Awful. <laughs> I almost feel like I can't continue with this podcast with those opinions. Uh, this is Scott Corless. Um, fast forward 15 to 20 years. What current player do you think will accept an invite to a West Ham Way event? Um, uh, probably either Declan or or Aaron, I'd imagine. Yeah, <laughs> they're the obvious ones. Um, yeah, probably. They're, yeah, yeah, they're the two. Do I you agree with say. that? Well, yeah, because I've got. I, 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 it's a difficult one to answer, isn't it? Jared, maybe Mikel. No, I think it would be Declan and, and Cresswell. Firstly, because I've got a decent relationship with both of them. Um, mm. And so I think that would help. And that always does help. Football like, friend. You know, yeah. <laughs> Connor Coventry, maybe. Uh, yeah. Um, but like, you know, I think I think those, um, those three would be the obvious ones. They're the only ones I can really see being prepared to do it as well. You know, like that would, that would want see the value in speaking to the fans and stuff. Um, and maybe Gerard would do, uh, yeah, maybe Ogbonna might do, possibly Fabianski, maybe. But yeah, it's it's hard to imagine really with current players because they're paid so much money they mm. don't need to. Like Zabaleta was obviously on. I watched BBC's coverage of the World Cup as opposed to ITV, and Zabaleta was the um, one of the pundits. And I was thinking, God, he'd be a great person to get on the podcast now. And I was thinking, there's no yeah. way I'd even know how to start to get him on um, unless I could ask no, a current no, no. player if they have his contact. But even then, they probably wouldn't reply. And um, and, he, mm. and, he, and he earned so much money in their 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 career. Um, they um they don't need to financially either. So not that we pay shitloads anyway. So so yeah. So I think I think to answer the question, I think David Martin, even though he's not a current player, I think I'd be able to get him on maybe at the end of the season, possibly. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's a few. But funnily, like obviously Cresswell follows me on Twitter. Um, 
and uh, Connor, and a lot, lots of players do. But I noticed this weekend, probably highlight of the weekend, that Pablo Fornell started following me this weekend. So did he actually? Yeah, I don't know why I suddenly drew attention to him over the weekend, but uh, I did, and uh, Kate had a nice notification that he follows me now. So uh, maybe if I build that wow. relationship with him, that he might, um, he might. Have you messaged him? Not yet. I need I need something significant to say. So maybe maybe if we play our maybe if we play Arsenal and he plays well or something, that might be the first one. Or I might wish him Merry Christmas or say say I'll play that one. But yeah. don't talk <laughs> to him about your your choice of Christmas song now because he'll block you instantly. No, but he he's blatantly loves Felice Navidad, doesn't he? There's no no, <laughs> no question in a, in, a, in a Spanish player's mind, which is the, you know, the best song. Um, yeah, but yeah. actually, that's not a bad shout. Release Navidad, release Navidad. That one's quite good. Chance mm-hmm. to show that you're multilingual as well. Um, anyway, this is, this comes <laughs> from Laura. Yeah, this comes from Laura Luxy. Hi guys, as always, love the show and the book. It's a crack. It's cracking, by the way. Not really a reader, but I'm smashing through it. Secondly, what a cup final, by the way. Absolutely wicked. My question is, when it comes to penalties, how do you feel about goalkeepers playing mind games and throwing the ball away, etc.? I feel it's fair after all the players taking the penalties can virtually stop before striking the ball, wait for the goalkeeper to dive. So I feel it's fair game. Hard enough to save a penalty as it is. Cheers. Yeah, nice one, Law. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's um, it's part of the course of the game, isn't it? You've got to use everything that you possibly can to um to take advantage of the opponent. So mind games, I'm actually a big fan of it. I think it should be done. And also, like Law says there, and she's absolutely right, you know, some of the way these penalty takers take penalties now with um I don't know the sort of last minute stall and the silly run ups and the jump in the air or whatever it is. And the fact that the goalkeepers also apparently now cannot leave their line at all. I think it makes it very difficult for them to save any penalties. So anything that they can bring to their advantage, I think they should be allowed to do, definitely. But I'll tell you something else as a side note, um, something else that I want to mention is that in my opinion, um, and we've had this uh, discussion before, Lionel Messi is the best player of all time. And and I I, I, literally, I have recordings of me saying that. I'm not just jumping on the the bandwagon now uh, because he's just won the World Cup final. But I think... um, winning that World Cup cemented that for me. And you've always said Cristiano Ronaldo is the best player of all time. But when you look at the fact that he was dropped by Juventus, he was dropped by Man United, and he's now been dropped at this World Cup by Portugal, and he hasn't won a World Cup, Lionel Messi has has spent the vast majority of his career at one of the best clubs of all time, Barcelona. I I hold my hands up. I I don't know how well he's done at PSG, but he has also just captained the World Cup winning side of, of Argentina. For me, I think that cements his uh, legacy as the best of all time. And I don't know if you still say that Cristiano Ronaldo is the best of all time or whether you would agree with me and admit you were wrong and I was right. <laughs> um, I think you're a bit harsh on Ronaldo's career ending at Juventus the way it has. I don't think he was dropped, was he? I think he was just, he wants a different challenge and stuff. But um, in terms of his career at Manchester United and Portugal, he was dropped at the age of 30, 37. You know, Messi's 35, and yes, he's brilliant. He's won the World Cup and so on. But, you know, Ronaldo. Seemed won- a bit of a problem, though, isn't he, in the dressing room, apparently? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, definitely. Not great, yeah. is it? Oh, yeah, definitely. If you was looking to have a player in your squad, in terms of squad harmony and 
who you could build a team around, then it, then you'd take Messi 100%. Messi's much more likable as a person. And don't get me wrong, I'm not seeing it. Same Ronaldo's a million times better than Messi. I don't even know if he is better than Messi, but I don't think it's as clear cut as some people do say because, you know, Ronaldo won, yes, all right, he ended at Portugal, but he won the Euros in Portugal two, um, four years ago. So when he was like, what, 33, so not much younger than Messi. And, um, you know, you could argue that Argentina are a better side than Portugal. There's all sorts of things you could bring into it. One argument you could say to Ronaldo, in Ronaldo's defence, is that he absolutely dominated at Manchester United his first time there, smashed it at Real Madrid, who, like Barcelona, very hard to do what he did there for as long as he did, then did the same at Juventus, was still top scorer for Manchester United last season, despite the fact that he had all those issues. And yeah, it's ended in a, in a crap way and his attitude is awful. But in terms of actual ability, you could argue that Ronaldo was the more all-round player. You know, he, in terms of his heading ability, in terms of his physique, his strength, um, his long-range shooting, maybe. You know, don't get me wrong, Messi is amazing. You know, he's dribbling, he's close control, his creativity, his finishing, you know, his work rate. There's so much that makes them on a path, I think. Um, but I don't think it's as clear-cut as, as everyone says it is. But, you know, you can't argue with Messi's career. He's won the World Cup and the Cup of America now. Uh, international level, there was always the argument he's never won anything at those levels the only slight thing you could argue is that he's gone to he's played for Barcelona who were the dominant side in Spanish in world football at the time and he's gone to Paris Saint-Germain who are the dominant side in France you know he's not and I don't know Ronaldo's played for Juventus, Real Madrid, Manchester United, so they're all the bigger teams. But actually, he he, you know that you look at that Man United team he was in, he it wasn't the greatest Manchester United side. So I still think he's still very close. No, the last one. I mean, the one before in, in his first spell. Um, that's why Ferguson left. Um, I, I still think it's very very close. Yes, people were no, saying phenomenal that's player. To be fair. Phenomenal. Yeah, and you, and you say greatest in the world. You know you're taking that Maradona at his peak, Pele. I think I, I'd take Messi over them too. Johan Cruyff, you know, Eusebio, yeah. George Best. There's lots of other contenders. Um, but, and I think Mbappe and Haaland, arguably, will be the next generation of those Mm. those players so so yeah anyway um, moving on because um, everyone always thinks messy anyway so I'm just going to get stick that as well um, so <laughs> this is uh, this is John Scott um, kind of talked about this a bit but bearing in mind we hung on to Scott Parker back in the day and still got relegated do you think we should cash in on Declan now rather than in the summer as it's unlikely we would have been in a worse league position it's unlikely we would have been in a worse league position without him. I love Deck, and he's the best player I've seen in the West Ham shirt. But unfortunately, I think there's a business case to be to me for moving him on as soon as possible. Controversial, I know. Yeah, I, no, I don't agree with that. I don't think we should be selling him next month. Uh, at the very least, we, we want to be keeping him to the end of the season. And I think that's probably his expectation. That's what he's comfortable with. And it's probably the football club's expectation as well. I think we're all resigned to the fact that he will go in the summer. He will 1% trillion get offers in the summer. It, it, the, the world would be a mad place if he didn't. Um, but it would be the summer to have that discussion. We can't let him go in January, especially the way the fucking season's going now to lose uh, the quality of someone like Deck and the club captain in January when we're four points away from the, you know, bottom place in the Premier League. It just can't happen. Cannot happen. So no, we have to hold on to him in the summer. 
I agree. I totally agree. And I think the fact that he went to the Fulham game as well, when he's technically still on holiday, I know you'd kind of expect that from a club captain, but if he was so like disruptive and adamant, he was going to leave and uncommitted, like some people tried to imply after that interview, that he wouldn't have been there. You know, he chose to be there. And I think he's committed to West Ham fully until the end of the season. And I think we need to exploit the fact that we've got a world-class player prepared to do that. Let's get up, let's stay up. Let's have a good run at Europe. And let's just deal with the business in the summer i do understand the case for moving him on now but i personally think mm. that's, that's not the right thing to do and that i would keep him to the summer and then try and sell him early on so that we get the money in early and we get it established that he is no longer a west ham player and try and get a replacement in early on as well i try to do that business early summer rather than obviously towards the end um this is Billy Gleed. Hi, gents. Hope you're both well. Have a great Christmas to you and your families. Great to see Julian Dix back in English football with Super Slav. Do you feel Billich gets a bit underappreciated for his time as at West Ham as manager? Not saying it was perfect, but he had a lot of off-the-field issues with Pie and the stadium move and the disgruntlement with the board. But especially his first season, he wasn't afraid to make changes before halftime or on the pitch if it wasn't working. Something we could do with now and, and got us some very good results just wondered your thoughts I can understand what Bill's saying I mean the the first season he was in charge was a magical season but I also think you could argue that despite the fact that he had an attacking entertaining philosophy which is what we all bought into as fans um, I also think he bottled qualifying for the Champions League I mean, you look at the, the Swansea game at home, for example. Uh, we lost 4-1 at home. I mean, we were literally, I don't know how many points we were or how many games away we were from qualifying for the Champions League. Um, I think that was actually, whilst we would have overachieved if we'd have qualified for that, I think we should have qualified for that. That year also, I think we should have progressed in the FA Cup. I actually think we should have won the FA Cup because if we'd have beaten... Um, a Man United side that will pass their best, then I can't remember. But from memory, I think there were there were the the teams that were left were were not great in that FA Cup. So it's almost like the winner of West Ham and Man United would have probably gone on to win the FA Cup. Um, so I, I think we bottled the FA Cup as well. And I think what then happened after that last season at Upton Park. I mean. I don't know, it's just the, the, the lack of discipline in the training ground. I think he lost the dressing room pretty quickly. Uh, so we can talk about, you know, Pae leaving or whatever. I, I think the cracks were showing a lot earlier than that. So I don't want to be too disrespectful to Slav because he was part of a, a very significant um, season in our history. And I love him for that. And I'm sure he is an incredible bloke. Incredible. But... Is he underrated when you look at our history? No, I don't think he is, personally. On a professional level, I'm just being honest. I don't know what you think, X. Yeah, no, I think I, I think I do agree with you. I like the point about, maybe I should have said it earlier, about making get changes mid-game. I mean, to reflect back on the World Cup final, how brave was it of Deschamps to take two players off after 40 minutes that weren't performing at 2-0? You know, yeah. it, 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 and then he turned it around to the fact they almost almost won it in the end and saved the game. And, and I think 
being brave and making those tactical decisions. He's right. Bilic used to do that, whereas Moyes doesn't. And maybe Bilic never used to get it right sometimes, but to do that takes guts. And I think Moyes could learn from that. In terms of under, he's right. Bilic had a lot to deal with. It'd be interesting to see if we'd had another season at Upton Park as opposed to moving to the London Stadium when we did. So you take out the London Stadium factors and you've just got the Pie thing and to deal with. That It'd be interesting to see how he'd have done that season, but it's all hypothetical. And I think Bilic was right to get the sack when he did. I think, like you said, he'd lost the changing room. It was too much. Terrible too football towards the end as well. Yeah, too easy for the players as well, I think. And I think, um, I think he had to go when he did. But yeah, had circumstances been a bit different, that maybe he would have done better, but you could argue that with any any manager, really, couldn't you? They all have to deal with factors that go on that are beyond their control. Yes, they were big ones for Pilich. So, as I said, I would have maybe liked to see a more normal season the next season to see how well he'd done, but he can't go back in time. And I think he did well for us that first season. I'm glad he was the manager when we, um, in the last season at Upton Park, of all the managers that we've had, mm-hmm. you know, unless it can be someone like John Lyle, I guess, but of all, all the managers we've had, I think it was nice that he got that that privilege. But um, I think, you know, it's time to go. And he hasn't, he hasn't set the world alight since leaving, has he? You know, so it's not like he's gone on exactly. it yeah. since then. So, um, yeah. I, I know this is controversial, X, right? And, and I really don't want to put a black mark against his name because, like I say, I, I, I get the impression that he is a fantastic fella. And Julian will tell you exactly that because I know they're very close. And I, I, his likability is off the Richter scale. I, I genuinely love Slavin. And yes, he... Um, he played a pivotal part in 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 that historical season for West Ham, and I'll I'll be forever grateful. Some of the memories that season was was brilliant. But what interests me about West Ham fans is if you look at the amount of stick that was given to Frank Lampard Junior, which to this day I don't really understand. If I'm honest, like he was never really given a chance by West Ham fans, in my opinion, and I, I honestly think he was treated really poorly. It's interesting that Slaven Bilic was welcomed with open arms and treated like a, a hero coming home after actually saying quite damning things about West Ham uh, when he left to go to Everton. Mm. Uh, basically saying that he's, you know, essentially, not these words specifically, but that he's bigger than the club. He wants to go on to bigger and better. He wants to win things. You know, it's quite incredible, really, that no one seems to remember that. And it's almost like selective beef with with players. You know what I mean? It's it's like, I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think West Ham fans can be a little bit inconsistent with who they have an issue with. Um, but that's a side note anyway, and it's probably not even healthy for me to, to bring that up. But I just thought it was quite an interesting talking point as to why Slav was sort of, um, I don't know, held in such high regard after what he said when he left West Ham, when you look at someone like Frank Lampard Jr., who I think was treated like shit by West Ham fans for no apparent reason, really. Yeah, no, I agree with you. That's, that's just me point. having a spontaneous little rant, I suppose. No, it's a fair point. No, I was gutted when Billich left and I felt, as a player, I felt I was betrayed and really hurt by him. And I guess fortunately for him is that a lot of the people that, were, that, that you know were around um, at the time um, when you talk about people that hated them, hated the situation, people that were around at the time were generally, obviously the older generation, there's a big enough gap, 19, what, 1996, was it, 97? So about 2016, um, 20 years gap for it to have kind of been 
almost brushed under the carpet for some reason. And, you know, Frank Lampard, you know, didn't come much after that. But I think where he'd been playing for England and so on, he was always in the limelight, whereas Bilic obviously disappeared to Croatia and China or wherever he was, Turkey and stuff. Um, and so he wasn't so much in your face, if that makes sense, maybe. I don't know. But but like you say, it, it does seem hypocritical that he, the, the difference of who's booed and, and who's not, definitely. Mm. Um, the, so I've got a few more here. I better sort of speed up. One was to sort of talk about West Ham in five years' time, what we'd like to do. But I think we've kind of touched upon that. One's our greatest Christmas dinner, which I think we talked about last <laughs> week as well. Um, one's asking where Jimmy Walker is at the moment. Um, he's just hard to contact, really. I think in a nutshell, we are hoping to get to speak to him again very soon. But where he was always hard to pin down and now he's yeah. working for the ladies is even harder. So technically he is still working for the site, but it's just very hard to pin Jimmy down to be honest. It's his, yeah. his lovable Maverick style. So uh, and that's basically <laughs> where what's happened to him. Um, and then finally, I think we've just debated this as well, but, but, and it is home alone one or home alone two from Will Fitzgerald. I think we said that yeah. last week, didn't we? You're one. I'm two. Yeah. So yeah, on that, maybe we should discuss the Christmas dinner or we should just wrap it up and wish everyone <laughs> a Merry Christmas and uh, a Happy New Year. And I think actually we'll see people before the New Year, won't we? So, uh, that is literally the worst fucking ending to the last few questions I've ever heard on this podcast yeah. ever. So maybe we, we had maybe a few we... questions left to which we haven't answered fucking any of them. And well, then that... you basically said, should we answer it or should we just wrap it up? <laughs> okay, let's answer this one. Then. Just, to, just to finish on a, on a Christmas theme, then, just so it's not such a shit ending for a show you put so much effort into. And this is, a, this is a, from Jefferson Kibble. And he said, Morning lads, great show this year. And bring on 2023. Simple and Christmas related. What's yep. your perfect Christmas dinner from starter fruit dessert? Mine is smoked salmon for starter with pate on toast. The mains is a medium nice. roast beef with roasties, home cooked Yorkies, Brussels, red wine, braised red cabbage, stuffing, honey roasted carrots, parsnips with pigs in blankets and gravy. And the dessert, Blimey. it's called the kibble ginger log. It's essentially a lot. <laughs> Essentially, a lot. I need one. Let me speak. Actually, yeah. a lot of brandy, sherry, dips, ginger nut biscuits, joined by cream, then covered in cream, so you get a log of gingery, creamy biscuits. And he's put a sort of slivering face. Um, and then Merry Christmas, lads. Come on, you irons. It can only get better. Oh, he loves his grub, doesn't he, Jefferson? Yeah. Um. Well, I, I can make this very quick and very simple. Uh, prawn cocktail to start. Massive prawn cocktail fan, mate. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would say with bread and butter to dip in. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. I would say pretty much identical to what Jefferson said in terms of the dinner. Uh, I, I would also be very greedy in terms of I would have a, a selection of meats rather than the one or two. I'd have like three or four if possible. I think, so. I think you have to have turkey at Christmas. As much as yeah, I don't, don't like, as much as I don't like turkey, you know, if I was to go for a, a roast at any other time of the year, you know, I'd be mm. going gammon first, beef second, you know, pork, lamb, whatever, mm. chicken, either. Yeah, <laughs> give, give me everything, mate. Give yeah, me everything. Tur- turkey wouldn't be the choice, but I just think at Christmas. Yeah, yeah, you got to, yeah, you got to go with tradition. And then um, I'm and not it's... a big desserts man actually, but having said that, there are two desserts that will turn my head. Right, the first one is banoffee pie. If I see that on the menu, then uh, I'll be hard pushed to not order it. And the other one's creme brulee. 
<laughs> either one of them is a temptation for me. And I can't actually, do you know, if I had a gun to my head and you got to pick one or the other, Dave, I'd go banoffee pie. Really? And that, that's my free, my, my start and my mains, my dessert. That's that's what I'm going with. What about what you a, whisp- a whisper gold? Is oh, now, now you're just teasing me now. Yeah. I think... Uh, with caramel. Well, well, I think if if I would be... No, I think I think I'd stay in the spirit of actually eating something from a plate rather than what would be deemed as a, a snack out of a wrapper. Yeah. So I think because of the occasion, I would want to um, to eat it from a plate. So I'd go with a banoffee pie. I think. Do you remember those stocking things you used to get at Christmas as a kid that were like chocolate bars in a shape of a stocking? Like you'd have like a range. You'd have like Dairy Milk, a Twix, a whatever, like crunchy, and they'd be in like a cardboard. I can't look like like stocking shape and a net over it and all the Christmas bars and oh, that. Do you know what? Vaguely, as soon as you started saying sort of like a stocking and like a net material, yeah, the, the brain started to wake up a little bit there. Yeah, so well, yeah, up to ish, ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. That. I know. I mean, you just get selection boxes now, don't they? It's ultimately the same thing, but different shape. But yeah, yeah, true. I do kind of remember what you're saying now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. No, I think I would do the same as you in terms of dessert. Then again, because it's Christmas, I'm going to go. With, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, mince pies. I think maybe. Oh, I can't a... stand the bloody things. Really? Oh, mate. Honestly, I I, I don't like any form of current. At all, so I don't oh, like okay. raisins. I don't like sultanas, anything like that. So for me, mince pies, no, and they're very okay. popular in my house, and yeah. I hate them. Absolutely yeah. hate them. And and for that reason, I don't like Christmas pudding either. It's an absolute yeah. non-starter for me. Do you buy your dogs Christmas presents? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Absolutely true. Right, my um my Teddy the Cavapoo, he um he absolutely loves Christmas, obsesses over it. He opens a lot of the presents himself. Really? Yeah, because he loves it. He sees the presents under the tree, and I promise you this is absolutely true. He loves tearing a wrapping paper open. We have to let him do it for certain presents. He almost gets obsessed over it. He loves it. Absolutely really? loves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, um, yeah. And obviously, there's nothing better than opening his own presents. So we'll get him, like, a squeaky ball and some treats or whatever, and same with Lou. Uh, they love it. Yeah. Mm, mm, happy days. And, and on such a magical note, I think, <laughs> I think it's time to wrap up this Christmas show. <laughs> See what you did there. I know, clever. Right. Um, as my friend said, that is the end of the show. So as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for your questions. And from the bottom of our hearts, we hope you have a fantastic Christmas. Take care. Be lucky. And until next week, up the Amers. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.